podcast replay is brought to you by Cutter's Edge Total Landscape Solutions. With decades of experience here in South Florida, Cutter'sEdge.com provides fantastic results. Call 954-472-0622. All righty, all righty, all righty. Good morning, one and all. Hope you all had a, a great weekend. As always, we are ready to rock and roll. Ira Winderman will be joining us in a couple of minutes here. Sean Stanley is uh, mastering the program. Of course, David Faronis will stop by at 11. We'll talk uh, with him about uh, Coach Weaver and some other things. Obviously, I'll get into the addition of the defensive coordinator. And um, got a bunch of other stuff uh, I want to get into. I didn't watch too much. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. I didn't watch any pro bowl stuff i did watch the the throwing competition that you guys were complaining about i guess on friday uh i watched that silliness so we'll talk a little bit about that i mean whatever there's not really much to talk about i don't i'm sorry i didn't catch nhl all-star weekend or pro bowl crap or any of that stuff so uh i did watch the 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 tour thing only because you idiots were complaining some of you were complaining about it so I watched a little bit about that, and we'll we'll get into that. Uh, what else uh, we got going on? Heat, obviously, uh, their struggles continue. So uh, th- their problems, their problems run deep, and we'll get into that. Ira Winderman will join us in a couple minutes here, so we'll talk to him about the Heat and their loss against the Clippers last night, one hundred three to ninety five, and some rumors out there too. Uh, obviously, we'll keep you updated on everything Bitcoin and crypto. Very interesting interview with Jerome Powell yesterday. He admitted something that I thought he would never admit, but uh, that was uh, that was strong. Something we've been talking about here for a while. Uh, what else do we have? Super Bowl week, of course, as we get ready for the game. I wish I was in Vegas. I'd give anything to be in Vegas. Uh, my boy Mike called me from Vegas. Hey, you coming? I'm like, no, dude, no Dolphins, no no Vegas for me. I'm not. I have no interest. To, I mean, I have tons of interest to be in Vegas, uh, but it's got to be for the right reasons. And, you know, uh, I'm not interested in going to go see two teams that I don't give a shit about. You know what I'm saying? So. It is what it is. If we're going to go to Vegas, it won't be on a Super Bowl week when my Dolphins aren't playing. It'll be another week that we'll go. But it should be fun in Vegas uh, this week, you know. That uh, that should be pretty cool. They'll have the media event this week. I mean, tonight. Uh, that's the only thing. I while, while I wanted to go to Vegas for the week and cover, you know, the the game and all that, um, I wouldn't have looked forward to some of the BS that you got to cover. You know what I'm saying? It's because I, I, I've been at this for so long and I've done all that crap already that uh, it's not like I'm a newbie and I'm dying to, oh, my God, I'm going to cover my first Super Bowl. No, I've covered several Super Bowls. I don't really care. You know what I mean? Uh, but I do want to see the Dolphins in a Super Bowl. That's what I want to see. That's 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 what I got left. Uh, on the bucket list i've done anything and everything that there is to do with the super bowl being at it covering it locker rooms all that before after during the week all all that crap here away 
whatever, man. I've covered it all. It doesn't that doesn't do anything for me. The Dolphins in the game that would do something for me. That would give me a little a little oomph to the whole thing. So unfortunately, we're not going to be in Vegas. You know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? Uh, what else do we have here? What's uh, what we got on a, a little roll call action? Who's first? Steven Gonzalez is in number one. Popeye is in. Let's see. Uh, Alf in. Jimmy. Uh, True Finn fan. Brian Walters. Uh, James Gleason. Uh, Joseph. 308 Big Trucks. Jamie Zoria. Reminding everybody to smash that like button. Cosa Nostra. Miles Deep is in Vegas. Ray Sosa. Nice to see that Jimmy cared about playing basketball for three games till last night. <laughs> Nico Jones. Kyle Cockrell. Yeah, uh, Kyle. Yeah, I I don't deal with the, the, the meme coins aren't uh, something. I know Myro tanked. But that's the problem with meme coins. There's, you know, there's no real use casage for it. There's no real world value to it. You know what I mean? So it's just a, a matter of gambling. Silence Assassin is in to Extreme Horn Dog. Isaiah Ray Varnicus is in New Jersey. Uh, Jay Gelfin is in. He is driving around. Be safe out there. One-eyed Jack, Terrence F. from Detroit. Uh, no, I'm I, I'm not going there for the draft. No, sir. No, sir. Unless the the day of the draft or the week of the draft, you know, a couple days in there in Detroit, if you tell me that U2 or Iron Maiden is performing or something at the same time, maybe I'll drive up there or maybe, drive. maybe I'll fly up there for the draft and the concert. But, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm not going up there for I'm not going to Detroit for a concert. I mean for a uh, a draft, unfortunately. Dude 67, Alexis Palenzuela, Gus Gus 1388. Uh to extreme. Uh Mr. Oliveira is in. Lisa Rose. Uh Kahuna Cougar. Ah, Eric, how you doing, my man? Relinthia and Eric, nice to nice to hear from you. Haven't heard haven't heard or seen from you guys in a while. Glad you guys are doing well. Chad is in the house. Tony Masker, Angelo De Jesus, uh, Mike LJ. I uh, just bought a new boat. When I have nothing better to do, I'll worry about a new DC. Uh, well, we'll we'll get into the DC talk after Ira, and I'll explain some stuff that I think we're all getting a little too. You know, uh, the whole thing about the Weaver thing is a little overblown, but we'll uh, we'll get into it. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, the way I'm looking at it. Skylar Timpton, dude, 67, Eric Scott. Uh, George Ceballos. It's so hard to watch the heat nowadays. Any comments on trade or rumors? We will talk to Ira in just uh, three more minutes. I saw one report, which is depressing. So we'll run it by Ira. 
Brian Landis, NorCal is waking and baking in California, and soggy, yeah, soggy and wet California. So let me get this straight. California's got earthquakes, mudslides, floods. You're now getting the back end of hurricanes because they're now coming up the the the, the the Pacific there, and they're going up the West Coast from the South. So now you're getting remnants of of that. You got forest fires. You've got um, snowstorms in sometimes like warm weather time in the northern part of California. Um, crime is through the roof. Uh, I, I don't know. I, like I'm not sure. I I, I just want to visit California and get the hell out. You guys have too much shit going on in California. I just want you to know that. You got way too much shit going on in California. And you people in Oakland, my God, you're losing your in and outs. You're losing every business left and right. They're going, they're leaving because of crime. I don't know, man. California is a mess. I think you, you've had two towns in the last, like, four years disappear because of a fire. Yeah, they literally had two towns that completely burned down to the ground. An entire town. That's some shit. I don't know what goes on there in, in, in California, but it is extreme, dude. Jesus. That place is that place is more volatile than crypto. Okay. I mean, think about that. Crypto is volatile. But California is a hell of a lot more volatile than crypto. Wow. That that thing is extreme, dude. Extreme, NorCal. It's it's amazing how you people in California put up with it. Anyway, all right, let's roll. Let's talk a little basketball with Mr. Ira Winderman and our Acura Pembroke Pines Miami Heat and NBA report. Heat fans, time for the best insight of your favorite team with insider Ira Winderman, exclusively on the Big O Radio Show. It's the Acura of Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat and NBA report. Here's Ira Winderman. So when you go on traveling, right, you stop in California, you bring a raincoat, a gas mask, uh, you bring, like how many things do you take to protect yourself over there? Galoshes? Well, what do you got going on there? I, I, I got no problem with California except for the traffic in L.A. and the traffic, I guess, in San Francisco. That, too. I forgot the traffic. Holy shit, they got a lot of stuff going on in California, man. That is uh, crazy stuff. You know what's even crazier? Some guy named Matt Moore. I thought he was a quarterback. You know what I mean? But apparently the guy also works for the Action Network, and he, and he says we're rumored to Kelly Olynyk and his expiring contract at 32 years old. Tell me it's not true. He'd have had interest for a while and, and, and figure on a short-term basis, they need to get more height in the power rotation. They've made this kind of move the last couple of years. They brought in Dwayne Dedman, didn't work. It did initially, Big O, if you remember. They brought in Cody Zeller, didn't work in the playoffs, but did initially. They need more height. They need another big man. So that when Bam, who's not the biggest big man anyway, goes out, yeah, the Kevin Love thing works off the bench, but they need a little bit more bulk. The thought is Kelly gives them size. Kelly can be a stretch for and get it done also. There's always been a fascination. And as you know, Big O, they've always brought back players. They've always looked at guys that they felt fit in the system. 
that they knew were heat culture type of guys. So it's a matter of what the Jazz can get for him. I think it is possible if the Heat can come up with the resources. The Heat do not have a lot of chips left right now. But as I wrote in my Sunday column at the Sun Sentinel, I think a little bit more bulk in the middle just to have it just in case is needed. And I think a point guard who can defend quick opposing point guards is needed also for that defensive presence. So Thursday might not be a huge day. If it is, I'll jump right on the Big O Show. But I think that there are small little ancillary moves that would make the Heat nominally better. And when you're in eighth place, nominally better to get to sixth place is meaningful. Is it worth it? Is it worth what, what kind of chips are we talking about? Are you giving well, up that's a the thing? I'm not to... giving up another first round pick. I'm not, I didn't like okay. giving up the first round pick for Terry Rozier. So it's just a matter of if you think you can't re sign Caleb Martin and you're going to lose him for nothing, is there something more you can get at the moment? That would be the kind of guy. I know you're a Nikola Jovic fan to a degree, but again, this is a live in the moment team, something like that. I think it would be a smaller piece. The problem will be matching contracts. Once you gave up that Kyle Lowry contract, you don't have a lot of money to make it mesh right there. So, look, that's a smaller piece. Might be part of a multi-team deal. But that's what I think. This is the kind of stuff also that can happen on the buyout market. I'm not saying Kelly's going to force his way out of Utah. But depending where the Jazz stand in the Western Conference race, he might say, hey, final year of a deal. Want to finish it on my terms. I've been the good soldier. So as much as the trading deadline, February 8th on Thursday for the Heat, I would look at the March 1st buyout deadline because I do agree. I think the Heat's moves now after the Rozier trade will be mostly in the margins. You know, Ira, again, see, here's my thing. I, I don't know how much that those kind of moves are really going to make because, you know, I'm watching this team last night and you're 8 of 30 from three-point range. This team cannot shoot threes. It's just not a team that's – and this is a league of threes. Well, last this, night, you didn't, you didn't have Hero and Duncan Robinson, so that's a little bit of an exception kind of game to a degree. I understand overall the percentage actually is not bad this year. They're not shooting enough of them. They're not always shooting the right ones. But I just wrote that at the Sun Sentinel is this, this offense. Here's the problem, Big O. In an offensive league, you've got to be offensive. I understand winning in the mud. Spo wants to play with defense. You know what? You've seen this in football where you can have the great running game, but you got to have the passing game. You've got to adjust to the times. The Heat right now, this Heat roster, this Heat system, put it in the 90s, you got a great team. Put it in the 2020s, and you've got a problem. The Heat are still too stuck, to use their word, in the mud. It's an yes. offensive league. It's a three-point league. You can't keep shooting these two-pointers. They're trying to convince Tyler Hero not to. That's Terry Rozier's game that they traded for. They are playing Stone Age offense. In a high-tech offensive league, I agree. I, I I don't. So why do you keep burying yourself in the abyss? Why not just get the hell out of this already, dude? Why why do you keep putting yourself in this position? Why not get out of these contracts? Why not start moving forward? You're you're actually doing a decent job of drafting and developing. You've got a young core. Let's let's move ahead. Let's start. Let's start getting players that fit more of what you're going to do. You're going to have to go through a rough patch, but it's it's almost. I get it. We've had a nice run here, but that's because the chef in the kitchen maximizes all this. But he does things that nobody else is ever going to do. You're never going to win with this kind of team. It, it's just it's obvious, dude. Just watch it every night. 
And with or without Tyler, my brother, or with or without Duncan, they're still not good enough in the three-point area overall as a team. They don't have enough. And these guys aren't efficient enough as a team at times. And, you know, you, you and I have been talking about this lately that, and I've been I've been harping on this for a while, that I want uh, Bam to play closer to the rim so he can become more of an efficient player because that's who he is. If he's never going to develop a three, then, dude, get back inside a little bit more. It's almost like they they go against the grain on everything. It's a two-point team. Certain players really don't play the way they should play. I, I I really don't understand this. To me, there's there's no method behind the madness of what's going on with the Miami. Except, Big O, how many teams a season after they make the NBA Finals blow it up? So, so what we have to do here, Big O, is talk about this. Was 2020 NBA Finals? Was 2022 Eastern Conference Finals one shot from the finals? Was 2023 NBA Finals fool's gold? That's the thing. Yes. Now, you, can't, you cannot point to me, Big O. Many teams in many sports, after getting to the championship round or the championship game, who within a year will blow it up. So that's part. I don't want to say a problem because we sure as hell enjoyed the run to the NBA Finals last year. Sure, and who yeah. knows? It might happen again. So that's the thing you have to say to yourself. Was that fool's gold? This team will never acknowledge that. This team, I don't know if this fan base will acknowledge it. I just find it hard to believe, Big O, that a year after making the NBA Finals, a team would just go ahead and blow it up. I, I think that's almost unprecedented. Do teams stay together too long? Absolutely. Do teams stay stuck in the middle mud too long? Absolutely. There's nothing worse than mediocrity, especially when you have lotteries, when you have drafts, when you can make that move, when you can get cap space. So it's almost like the Heat are carrying this 80-pound stone in, in tow because they found a way last year, even last night. Bam Adebayo was asked the question, well, you guys have been through adversity before, and it becomes a crutch. Well, we did it last year. We can do it again. And you know what, Big O? I might still be doing Acker Pembroke Pines reports from the playoffs in May and in June. You just don't know with this team. But right. I understand if you look at this team's offense, the 27th scoring offense in the NBA, the only teams scoring fewer are the Portlands and the Charlottes and the garbage teams. So that should tell you something. But instead, Spo sits up there last night and talks about the defense coming around. And you sort of shake your head because you've lost eight of the last 10 games. But right. that's who they are. They really should be the Raptors. Because to a degree, these are the Miami dinosaurs. They are still living in a prehistoric scoring age, thinking it can work. Sort of worked last year. So I guess you got to give them. You always say this on your shows. Even when I'm not doing my Acura Pembroke Pines segment, you always say you have to respect what the Miami Heat have done because they always find a way. So I guess for now, we have to respect the system of they're going to try to beat you 102-99. Hell, tomorrow's game against Orlando, two teams that can't score. I don't know what the over-under is. I know you'll give a line at some point, but you might want to consider the under. Yeah, no, and listen, it, this is a weird dynamic because covering sports for a long time, you think you've seen everything, right? And then all of a sudden, something happens that you have never seen before. Well, in a way, we've never really experienced this because it is fool's gold and then it isn't because it's fool's gold because we all know deep down inside 
if you're objective with yourself. The Miami Heat have zero business winning a title. Zero. They, In fact, they have zero business being in the NBA Finals or being in the Eastern Conference Finals. The last four years, zero business. But yet, here goes Eric Spolstra doing the amazing, the phenomenal, the what you never expect, and maximizing the talent, just like what he did with 31 and 10 and the Scrubberinis, where he almost got those guys, you know, into the playoffs. This guy's been doing this for years now. So that's the part that's not fool's gold because okay. you have to have, you know, a great front office, the best coach in the NBA. And, but you look at the talent and you're like, okay, there's, you know, cause I've been, I said, from the moment you, you acquired Jimmy, if you don't find that other superstar, you're not going to win a, a, a title. And sure enough, you haven't been able to find that other superstar. And that's why there is no other title. We know what titles look like. They used to come with two or three uh, superstars with it. Right. That's how, that's the that's what we've seen. Every time they hang up a banner, there's two or three superstars tied to that team and that banner. We don't have that with this team. And it's the weirdest dynamic. We've never had this kind of dynamic. Well, maybe the one year, I guess, Woodstock with the Dolphins. Maybe that's about the closest I can get to it. This is a weird dynamic that the coaching staff and the front office do enough to keep you interested, even though you look at the inventory sure. and it makes no sense whatsoever. You're, maybe, maybe, have, even, maybe even the Chad Pennington playoff year when his little dink and dunk game got you to the playoffs and you thought you found something when it really was. Right, yeah. that Wildcat fooled people for a couple right. of games. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, although, you know what? That's still flukish. Where this is four straight years. Yeah. Woodstock, flukish. This is four straight and, and, years. And Ziggle, that's the point I'm trying to make is this. As much as you're a gambling man, I don't think you're betting your, your retirement fund on the Heat not making it out of the first round. Or no even into you, – you just don't know with this team. So and, and the expression we always use with the Heat is benefit of the doubt. They have earned the yes. benefit of the doubt. But yes. Are they playing 2024-style basketball? No, they are not. They are trying to get their way to fit in somehow, square peg, round hole, to still make it work. And it might. And they did win seven in a row at one point this season. And they were eight games over 500 at one point this season. And they did seem positioned. So maybe it comes around. Maybe it doesn't. But I do agree with one part you're saying. And this was even true of the 11 and 30 and then 30, 11 finish with the Willie Reed team and those players, this team is mismatched. And I think they know that, but you know what? It's hard to create the perfect team. The Lakers don't have the perfect team. Now the Warriors don't have the perfect team. So at least they're trying like with the Rozier trade to see if they can make something happen. And maybe it is Tyler going out and maybe it is Jimmy when they sit down this summer going, yeah, there's no two year extension, Jimmy. You're either going to play it our way or we'll play it a different way. Uh, people who are just only listening, Big O's shaking his head right now. I totally get that. So that's the thing. I do think you have to let it play out one more time. I don't think it'll be that detrimental for the future because you can trade Tyler in the offseason. You can work something with Jimmy if he doesn't want the extension. And like we say, you can still turn to the young enough kids in the BAMs and the Jaime Hawkeses, and you will find your Kevin Loves. You'll find your fill-in pieces also. But right now, it's hard to envision them threading that needle 
to get deep into the playoffs with this offense and this approach and this style unless playoff Jimmy Butler reemerges from the dust like he does at times. And team three-point, because they couldn't shoot threes last year. And they year could either. last year in the playoffs. Boom. So last year it was Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. Maybe it'll be Josh Richardson this year. Maybe it'll be Hayward Highsmith or Caleb Martin. Doesn't seem possible. But I got to tell you, after that first play and loss to the Hawks, no one was high on the Heat then, nor were they in the fourth quarter against the Bulls in the no. winner-go-home game. And then Max Struess gets hot. So, hey, it only takes a moment. But we've yet to see that moment. I agree. Yeah. By the way, the Gabe Vincent uh, signing didn't go well for the Lakers. It's Kendrick Nunn all over again. A guy who plays well with the Heat, had an injury passed, shows up. The injuries are nonstop. Kendrick Nunn basically never played for the Lakers before he was dealt to the Wizards. Gabe Vincent's the same situation. There is talk right now that Gabe Vincent might get traded because he's on a favorable contract at Thursday's trading deadline. So there might wind up at the end of the day be no Gabe Vincent era. And that show shows that shows how you know, hard it is to get someone else's project to work in your system. The perfect example is that he had two guys leave this offseason. Gabe Vincent didn't work out for the Lakers. But you know what? Max Struess has worked out fantastically as a do-it-all player, playing shooting guard, small forward, power forward for the Cavaliers. So it is that sort of hit-and-miss kind of thing. The Heat load up these guys. Some guys hit like a Max Struess. Some guys turn into Kendrick Nunn or now maybe Gabe Vincent. Uh, by the way, what Struess is doing is actually rare for one of those kind of heat-free yes. agents. Usually, yeah, the, heat, the Heat project players who've gone elsewhere mostly have struggled. Another turnaround story to a degree now is Derek Jones Jr. is starting for the Mavericks and playing well, but he also but, went to Chicago and to Portland and did it right away. So with very few of heat, these Heat project kind of guys wind up thriving somewhere else because they need the Heat system. Max Struess was always different. He was more of his own man. And, and he was the kind of guy you could see that, hey, this guy knows it. He'll adjust to the system of Cleveland. He'll adjust somewhere else. He gets it. That makes him a little bit different. You know, sometimes um, you've got to deal with a player's body. And it's worth it. You know, Joe Burrow's been injured several times in a very short career with the Bengals. What are you going to do? Get rid of one of the best quarterbacks in the league? No, you're not going to do that. Well, the Philadelphia 76ers have one of the best centers in the league, and he has had a long injury history, and Joel has picked up another injury. Yeah. And it, it's 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 a weird dynamic because sometimes you see that in different sports. Hell, we have it here with Tua. You know, like, what are you going to do? Get rid of one of the best quarterbacks in the league? It's, it, it's, it's hard to do those kind of things. And with Embiid now, that this is devastating you know, for the Sixers. But again, wh what are you going to do? You got to kind of live. You got to take the good and the bad. It's you got sort of like Tyler. It's sort of like Tyler in the playoffs. He can have great seasons. And then the playoffs, two years in a row, he goes down in the playoffs, can't make it to the finish line, and you wind up losing a key component. So it's not only players who get injured, it's when they get injured. And are yeah. they there for the biggest moments? That's what matters most. Yeah, and the Embiid one is probably going to bury the Sixers now. Oh, oh right. I mean, they were great record with them, 2-10 and ten without him. You know, they traded Harden because they wanted the maxi Embiid chemistry. Now they sort of need Harden, who looked very good, by the way, last night for the Clippers. So you know what? You build your team on something. Hey, it's the same in every sport. Injuries at the end of the day will kill you. These all sports are based on superstars. The NBA is the only sport where you only play five at a time, so losing your key component means that much more. 
What do you got going on the Sentinel so folks can check you well, out? You know what? People don't understand. When I write Ask Ira, I take from the mailbag the questions people ask the most. So the other day I had answered the question, should Tyler come off the bench? We've spoken about it in our accurate Pembroke Pines reports and other people. And people got back to me. It's not fair. Why are you pointing to him? So today I raised the other possibility. Might Terry Rozier off the bench be a way for this team to go to get another defender in the starting lineup to get someone who works better with Tyler Hero? You know, look, Terry came in, obviously was told he's going to be a starter, but things change. You want to maximize it. So in my Ask Ira, I investigated and looked a little into that. And you know what? If you remember Big O, after the All-Star break last season, the Heat changed it up. Caleb Martin was starting. They started Kevin Love. I think you play it out to the All-Star break, which is six more games. And I think then, yeah, when you get a week off, I think Eric Spolstra has to go into the laboratory. And to use his phrasing, has to look at everything and anything for that stretch run that was so productive for the Heat at the end of last season. So maybe that's a possibility. And then I wrote my seemingly once-a-month story, why can't the Heat score? And I spoke to Bam and Kevin Love and Josh Richardson because you have so many weapons here. Jimmy can score and Tyler can score and Bam can score and Jaime Hawkins can score. But they can't score. And at first, they're telling us there's too many injuries. Now they're telling us there's too many scores. Got to figure that out. So it's what yeah. you and I spoke about. Yeah. I, the, only, the only thing I don't like in this conversation is too much accommodating for Tyler Hero. I'm kind of tired of accommodating Tyler Hero. They can accomplish anything without Tyler Hero. With Tyler Hero, they're not accomplishing anything great. We are hanging on to the scowl in the bubble. And we're all waiting for that moment to come back. And that moment has never come back. Uh, the kids never crossed that threshold as defensively. The kid has never crossed the threshold of being uh, reliable and especially durable. Uh, to me, I'm kind of tired of trying to, like you just said, now you start, well, Terry Rozier doesn't play well with Tyler. Well, Tyler doesn't play well with anybody. Okay. Because they don't accomplish well, and, shit. And, 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 and Big O, and the, and the point to that being. Okay. The point Bench. of that being, if you give a guy four years at $120 million, you're married. You put a ring on it. That's the difference. And once you put a ring on it, you can't walk away from it because if I'm Mickey Harrison and Nick Harrison, I'm saying like, wait, wait a minute. You guys made the decision to give this amount of money to this guy. Make it work. So the decision with Tyler is not a now decision. The decision with Tyler is a year ago decision at his rookie extension. Once you pay for it, once you put a ring on it, hey, you're wedded to trying to make that work. You can you can wed Katya all you want, dude. You can still put Katya where you want to put Katya. Out this part. I'm out. And just say, hey, yo, brother, I need you off the bench. From here on out, you're better suited off the bench. And I maybe, don't care. And maybe after the All-Star break, we see someone like that. But either way, he has to be a prime component of your rotation at $30 million that, a year. That, that, I have no problem with that. Okay. But I think off the bench is the best place for Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, since the bubble, has never proven to really be that difference maker. You must have in the right. starting lineup because he's just – he doesn't bring it defensively to add some balance. And offensively, he's still too inconsistent as it is. So, you know, to me, I, I just would rather have him off the bench and let's see if Terry and the rest of these guys – and by putting him off the on the bench – I have a better chance of bringing somebody off the bench that actually will give me offense and defense at the same time. Maybe set a better tempo to start the game. I don't know. I just I'll, ta I'll, I'll talk to Spo. I'll tell him what Big O thinks. Yes, please, Spo. Put his ass on the bench. Follow him on Twitter at Ira Heatbeat. Catch his work at the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Make sure you subscribe. Ira, as always, thank you, my brother. We'll catch up next week. Catch you next week in our accurate Pembroke Pines report. Thanks, Big O.
Thank you, sir. And, of course, the great people at Acura Pembroke Pines, they have got it going on. 15601 Pines Boulevard, just off of I-75 in Pines. They got a large selection there. They got a brand, a, a, a lot that is loaded with a bunch of brand new vehicles and a lot of a lot of uh, certified pre-owned vehicles, and they look like they're brand new right now. The 2024 Integra, you can get it for 329 a month. The 2024 RDX 459, the MDX 499. We've got the customer appreciation sales event going on right now at the number one volume sales dealership. In the, in the United States, I was about to say Southeast because they've been number one in the Southeast for like 13 years, but now they are number one because they were like number two, number three for many years. Now they took over the number one spot in the United States, and that is Craig Zins, Acura of Pembroke Pines. You've been listening to the Acura of Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA Report with Ira Winderman. When you're looking for award-winning service and great deals from the number one volume Acura sales dealership in the Southeast United States, you go to Craig's in Acura of Pembroke Pines at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. Ride, a ride, a ride. Thank you all out there as always. Appreciate you all. Uh, it's just the, the heater... It's like it's a weird bunch, man. It's a weird dynamic. I, I like there's there's no shot you feel this team should win a title. None. None of these last four years or this year. And yet they go farther than any of us ever expect. It's the weirdest thing. I've never sensed any. We've had flukish seasons. Like I, you know, like I just uh, the, the Panthers, when they got to the Stanley Cup, the first goal round against Colorado, clutch and grab team. They could barely score with a fistful of dollars in a whorehouse. I mean, if they got two goals in one game, that was like watching these Panthers with only four or five in a game. Okay? That's like normal for our Panthers now. Those Panthers that got to the Stanley Cup in 96, if they got a second goal on the night, that was like high-powered scoring, and they got to the Stanley Cup. Woodstock year, freakish, flukish, got to the Super Bowl. I think Ira had a good one there with the Chad Pennington year and the Wildcat crap. You know, you fooled a couple people, especially the Patriots. You picked up a couple cheesy wins, and it got you the division. You got you snuck into the playoffs. It was an aberration, totally flukish. But that's how flukish seasons happen. It's just one. This is four. That's that's crazy. Four. How do you do that? We've never been involved in anything like this. I've been covering sports here for 34 years. I've been following sports for 50 years since I was a child here. I think I've seen any and every scenario out there. I've seen for any team. I've seen most of the flukish seasons. I've never seen anything like this with the Miami Heat. Never seen anything like this. I don't count them in at all ever to win a title under this bunch. But somehow or another, they get a hell of a lot farther than I ever thought they would. 
Now, I don't have a problem with the rebuild because they have already proven to me that they're a great franchise. They bring titles, tons of winning seasons. So I don't mind getting rid of Butler. I don't mind moving on and turning the page and having a transition year or two. I just don't mind that. It doesn't bother me with the heat. You know, with the Marlins, of course, it bothers me because you're constantly a disaster. You never do anything for us. So that's different. So I'm going to treat you differently. I'm going to treat the Dolphins differently than I'm going to treat the Heat. Because the Heat is just a, the elite organization in town. Everyone strives to be the Miami Heat. That's why they can afford, in my eyes, to take a, a step back or two and clear out some of this already. Because it, it's almost like you're chasing your tail, basically is what you're doing. You're just chasing your tail because you're not going to win shit, but you're making the coach, you know, work his ass off and and really be the best coach in the business just to get you to the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals. Like, Eric Spolstra is the best coach in the NBA the last four years by miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. It's not even close. Okay, anybody that's won championships in the last four years, they can't even touch his jock. It's really weird. Hell of a dynamic, and it's frustrating also because you know you can't win, yet that dude, that coaches, just finds a way to maximize the hell out of everything. All right. Uh, let's see that fistful of dollars in a whorehouse made me spit up my coffee. There you go, Ray. Sorry about that. Katya about to leave hero for a more promising business investment. Well, I mean, the kid's producing money. Katya's got plenty of money and plenty of everything else too. Uh, the roster was nowhere near championship caliber. You just had one of the greatest coaches of all time in Spo and Jimmy turning into Jordan. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Ira, the offense is bad with or without Tyler. Yeah, I know. That's why when he was saying that, I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> You're missing Tyler. You're missing. They suck anyways. They're a two-point team with or without those guys. Uh, weed is off the charts everywhere. I'm not sure what that means, but enjoy. Uh, Eric says, did you hear about the reporter who asked Todd Bowles if the Bucks were doing anything special to prepare for the weather in Detroit? Yes. Yes, I saw that. The indoor stuff. The homeless is really, really bad. The fentanyl crisis is horrible. Fentanyl has been bad, and then before that, it was all kinds of other drugs. So, you know, brother, we had the, the whole crack thing, and then we have uh, opioids, and we have all kinds of stuff. We, we've, we've had drug issues in this country forever, bro, forever. It's just fentanyl is the latest one. And when fentanyl fades out, a new drug will take over and and it'll be all over the place and then they can make a, a big uh big uh deal about that one too 
Uh, what else do we have? Weaver is getting to be in charge of a defense that has some great players. All right. I guess we might as well start getting into a little Dolphins conversation since the Miami Dolphins hired defensive coordinator Anthony Weaver. He was the D-line coach and the associate head coach for the Baltimore Ravens since 2021. And I got to tell you, the the whole thing about hiring Anthony Weaver, so many of you have missed the point. And the point is, Anthony Weaver is going to be fine, dude. I'm not worried about Anthony Weaver whatsoever. I wasn't worried about Fangio. He did a terrific job overall. I get the Tennessee thing is going to be a sore spot for, for all of us. But overall, the shortcomings of the Dolphins weren't the defense. Oh, by the way, the year before, I'm going to stay consistent. Josh Boyer was not the problem. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of chatter, a lot of writing, a lot of social media posts. You got people talking about it on television and debating it on this show and talking about it on that show and all that stuff. Anthony Weaver will be just fine. That has nothing to do with the issues with the Miami Dolphins. The issues with the Miami Dolphins two years ago was Mike McDaniel. The issues with the Dolphins this past year was Mike McDaniel. And the issue that we need to resolve going into 2024 is Mike McDaniel. It's Mike McDaniel and his undisciplined team. It's Mike McDaniel and his unorganized offense. It's Mike McDaniel and his inconsistent play calling. So I'm not exactly sure what the big deal is about debate whether Anthony Weaver is going to do well or he's not or this or that or what kind of defense he runs or will he adjust or will he be more like Fangio or will he be a guy that will adjust with what's going on? Who gives a shit? Because my issue with the Miami Dolphins right now is the head coach and his offense. I had no problems with Josh Boyer. I have no problems with Vic Fangio overall. And I know I'm not going to have a problem pretty much with Anthony Weaver. So I'm not exactly sure what the big deal is. Okay? Because the issues have not been resolved yet. And it wasn't defensive coordinator. It wasn't defensive coordinator two years ago. It wasn't defensive coordinator last year. And it won't be defensive coordinator this year. Okay. So let's get this shit straight. And let's stop wasting time and dicking around and talking about things that make absolutely no sense. Oh, how will they, how will Weaver use this? That what what are you worried about? They will have enough talent on defense. They will be fine on defense. Will Mike McDaniel stay with the run when he's supposed to? Can he get a goddamn play in on time so his quarterback and his offense can actually be prepared? Will they screw it up on third downs 
and commit pre-snap penalties? Will he win a challenge? You know, there's a lot of issues, and they're all on offense. And by the way, the head coach kept around Danny Crossman. So let's talk about those issues, not the Anthony Weaver silliness that I've been watching and listening to the last couple of days. Anthony Weaver will be more than competent to do this job. Okay? More than competent. He'll be fine. I'll predict that he's actually going to do a good job, and it won't mean shit. Just like whatever Fangio did didn't mean shit. Whatever Boyer did didn't mean shit. Because what Boyer did didn't mean anything when Mike McDaniel doesn't know what down it is in a playoff game against the Bills. So let's stop with all the silliness. You know, it's kind of like what we let's throw this out there to keep you like busy when, uh, when you're not really focusing on the issues. And the issues are not on defense. The issues are all on offense and with the head coach. So that's my opinion on Anthony Weaver. I'm not worried one goddamn bit about Anthony Weaver. Anthony Weaver has nothing to do with the issues here, just like everyone else. Okay? That's on defense. So let's stop with the silliness. Uh, true Finn fan, thank you for the love on the super chat, sir. Facts as always, Big O. It's um the head coach. Yes, exactly. Uh, Big O, do you think a Dolphin should get another offensive coordinator? And No, there isn't. Uh, he's not going to get one. You can forget about that. You can see what's going on. It has nothing to do with that. He is dead set on calling it himself. Okay? Uh, if we get a new OC, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, Tua not being able to step up in big moments in December is also a factor. Let's not ignore the fact. Uh, Francisco, whatever floats your boat, my brother. Uh, the Dolphins haven't been able to step up in December in 20 years, my brother. So, you know, but th that's all right. The short-sighted think it's all on the quarterback. You know, that's fine. Uh, that's all good. The people that don't know shit about uh, football think it's all on the quarterback. Let's Let me just put it that way. So, uh, Francisco Rivero, you know where I'm coming from. Okay, those that blame all on the quarterback, they don't know shit about football. Got it, Francisco? Are we good on that? Uh, McDaniel, yeah, okay. Enough, enough with McDaniel needs to give up play calling and he needs an offensive coordinator. Please go waste your time somewhere else. Look, if you're going to say stupid shit, then don't say anything at all. That's all. It's not going to happen already. Okay, move on. Move on already. Move on. Let's judge McDaniel for calling plays. And if he doesn't call him right this year, 
and he does the same thing he's done the last two years. His ass is on the street. That's all. It's pretty simple. That's all. Move on. There's no changes being made. Move on. Stop talking stuff that makes no sense. It's not going to happen at all. The guy is dead set on being that ma the man. Even though he can't do it, he's dead set on being the man. So we'll see if he can actually get it done this year. Since he can't get it done the first two years, but he's dead set on doing it this year. And by the way, they have to do it this way because if not, it becomes a disaster for the entire franchise. Because then they just basically prove that they made the wrong hire. So it's it's live and die by the sword. That's what's going to happen. So stop with the silly suggestions. None of that's going to happen. It's a waste of time. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, there's no problems with the cap this year. That's uh, all made up by people in the media. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. There is nothing average, much less special about Crossman. Yes, uh, Crossman is terrible. Um, but what are you going to do? That's that's on McDaniel. He kept Crossman around. Fire his ass. At the end of the next year, you will see. If the special teams units can't get it done, if McDaniel can't call plays and can't get the offense and can't stick to the run, his ass is gone too. I told you. We hit the crossroad. Now it's make or break for him this season. Or if not, he's going to pay a price. And so will the rest of us. Uh, Adolfo, big old question. Have you seen Tracy Chapman perform live? If so, how good is she on my bucket list? Adolfo, I got to tell you something. You know, I am, I'm not the right person to ask because folk music for me is kind of boring. And so Tracy Chapman's Fast Car song, I was never really that much of a fan of it. Now, I saw on social, I didn't watch the Grammys at all, okay? I don't watch any award show. I don't watch Oscars, Grammys, Tonys, Emmys, Golden Globes, whatever, dude. I don't watch any of those things anymore, okay? Um, but I saw everybody talking about Chapman and Luke Combs uh, duet doing Fast Car. And that's the only song I know of Tracy Chapman. Like, that's her only hit she had back in the MTV days in the 80s when she had that hit, right? And I, I'm, I'm just not that guy that's too much into folky music, so I, I'm not a good... I'm not a good person to listen to of that because I'm a little biased. I find folk music a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times to be boring as hell. And the fast car song is eh, whatever. Now I will say this. I watched the Luke Combs version with her. I actually like it. I think it enhanced that song having Combs in it. How do you, how do you, what do you think about that? But again, I'm not a good judge, okay? I wouldn't go to a Tracy Chapman concert if you fucking paid me, okay? You can pay me and say, hey, 
I'm going to give you $100 to go to a Tracy Chapman concert. And I'm going to say, no, thanks. Awesome. Have a great life. My, my world will be perfect and I will not miss a damn minute and will not regret not going to a Tracy Chapman concert. Okay. So while there's this whole euphoria of people talking about it and all that, I'm going to be the sourpuss to tell you, I don't give a shit about Tracy Chapman's music. Okay. Fast car was eh, whatever, dude does nothing for me to be quite honest. So you're going to have to ask somebody else about Tracy Chapman. I'm not the guy to ask, but I will admit the version with Luke Combs is a much better version than the original version with her. Okay. So that's my, that's my Tracy Chapman comment on that one. Eh, does nothing for me. Oh, special, special needs team raises hand emphatically. Pat and Asha. Let's see. Um, Mr. Spock, 100% big O. If Mike McDaniel continues with sloppy stuff pre-snap, he will be fired. Definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing over and over again. Expect a different result. I'm not salty. It's just, eh. What can I tell you, bro? It's just, you know, this whole thing about Weaver. It's like, no big deal. I, lo- I love the hire. Doesn't mean shit to me. It's still all a McDaniel, you know? And as for Tracy Chapman, it's fast car song. Like, it's like I, I'm watching uh, Taylor Swift, right? She's like standing there and like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, well, whatever, dude. Sure. Uh, that song's really got me going. Uh, too extreme. McDaniel just needs to get his shit straight and actually correct the mistakes he made the last few years. If not, then Chris Greer will have to start looking for a replacement head coach. It'll be tough on Chris Greer. Chris Greer really can't afford to to have Mike McDaniel fail. Let's be honest. It's not good for the front office to fail on the two coaches you've hired. That's not going to be good for those three guys. They really need McDaniel to succeed. You know? Because they've done a great job on the personnel side, but you've got to be able to hire a head coach, you know. Uh, um, thank you, Sean. Alf is in the house. When your offense is more accomplished unit six than one, um, then you have the responsibility to be consistent and perform in big games. The system is great. The operation is not. 100%. Hundred percent. It's just after the lack of organization. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's disturbing. You know, you want to have all this motion. Well, dude, you better coach them up and be clean. So if you can't handle the motion, then don't do it. And if you want to have these plays that are, you've heard them out. They're like eight sentences long. Man, get it in on time. So the quarterback can come to the line with 8, 10, 12 seconds left, look around on the defense, adjust, make a, you know, whatever. He knows maybe the play is not a good one. You can, you know, opt out of that one. And 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 uh, and I'm sure he has a check with me system. 
So he'll get to opt out into the next one. But if you get it in late, you can't adjust your, your protections. You can't change the plays. You know, you, you've got to be a cleaner head coach, man. And the penalties, the pre-snap penalties, wow, they he they lessened this year, but then they reared their ugly heads in the Kansas City game like crazy. And that's the kind of shit that just it's it's what you're saying, Alf. The operation is not, there is no organization for Mike McDaniel. You know, when you're standing there on, on the Buffalo sidelines two years ago and you don't know what down it is, like you're the head coach, dude. That shit can't happen, man. So you're a thousand percent right. Uh, McDaniel overthinks the offense, needs play calling that is faster and less dependent on pre-snap breakdancing. There we go. Ain't no stopping us. Uh, let's see. Jermaine, I have no reason to believe McDaniel will be able to make adjustments to his play calling. I haven't seen it in two years as a head coach and play caller. And Jermaine, you, sir, are a thousand percent right. Because it's two years in a row. And, and no, and not only is it two years in a row, for me, the worst part was the lie. Like he can't, he stood there and said, I realized I didn't run enough. I even apologized to Mostert. And then here we go. There's the playoffs and there's Mostert running like a, like, like a dog. And it's third and one and fourth and one. And he got you there the entire drive. And you just turn to him and say, F you, we're going with, we're going to pass now. And you just lied again to Raheem Mostert. You know, that's that that to me was like, really? Yeah, and True Finfan says, Fast Car was a stupid song, in my opinion. Never cared for Chapman's music. It's just the folky music has nothing for me. Oh, top artist you would like to go back in time to see before they were gone. Mine is Stevie Ray Vaughan. Well, I'm going to go Jimi Hendrix, but I have no problem with Stevie Ray Vaughan. I mean, you know. That's that's a that's a badass right there. Stephen Harris, good morning. Ozzy Fisher, thank you for the love on the super chat. Remember, you can always make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. Morning, Big O. Would you trade Hill if a team offered a first round pick? His contract is crazy. Bum, we we uh we oh we didn't re-meet in Vegas this week, had to cancel like you. Yeah. No, you know, what are we gonna do, man? Our boys didn't make it to Vegas, so we're not going either. Uh, I would not trade Hill. No, 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 no. No. I need to fix my offense is what I need to do. Um, Hill's not the problem. Hill's part of your solution, my friend. So I'm sticking with Hill. Uh, do you think the execution is due to poor practice habits, how guys didn't know plays at the end of the year is mind-boggling? Nicholas, whatever it is, poor execution, practice, concentration, whatever it is, you better find a way to fix it. I don't know what it is, but it's consistent. It's been happening two years in a row. Big O, good point. They were actually jumping our, our snap count, and Tua still made it happen most of the time. I know. And by the way, the 
blo- the pass block rate of uh, the Dolphins was like 31st in the NFL. So it wasn't like he was, you know, had a, had this amazing amount of time or anything. But that's all right. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Alf says, fast car is the Salvan Ahmed of Luke Combs songs. That's a good one, Alf. I like that. I like that analogy. You know, I sometimes I think they're it's like they make they make that song and her career more than what it really is. You know, they make it sound like she had this phenomenal career and oh my god, Tracy Chapman, one of the great artists of all time. No, dude, she had one song. And by the way, that song, eh, you know, I, I've i never met a person in my life that said my favorite song of all time is Tracy Chapman and Fast Car. I can meet people that will say, hey, Queen, this is my favorite song. Van Halen, this is my favorite song. Taylor Swift, this. Beyonce, this. Jay-Z, this is my favorite song. I can hear people say that and see them say that i've never heard anyone in the history of time tell me that tracy chapman is their favorite artist and fast car is a song that i can't live without never heard it but somehow or another we're gonna make tracy chapman what she isn't a legend we're gonna bring her back on the grammys to sing the one song that she had as a hit, and it's a song that a lot of people could give a rat's ass about. Seriously. I know more people that will tell me, Fast Car, big freaking deal, dude. Who gives a shit? I'll meet more people that'll tell me that about Fast Car then I've met people. Oh no, that's a phenomenal song. Oh, what a great, what a phenomenal. Oh, wow. I jam it all the time. Never met that person in my life. So I, I don't get it. I never got it back in the eighties. I still don't get it now. Okay. Decades later, I still don't get it, but God bless her. Plenty of people have milked one hit and they've had it forever, right? And they can, you know, jam it forever. And I guess more power to her. But Fast Car is not a song that gets my boat floating in any which way possible. In fact, when I hear Fast Car, it's like the Titanic sinking fast. Me and DiCaprio sinking fast hour number two and what do you got there what the hell is that the chiefs oh they got the chiefs helmet on the uh on the sphere okay all right and then of course you're gonna put the niners helmet of course that makes sense okay all right there you go all right hour number two and david Ferronis. we'll ask him if he likes Tracy Chapman and Fast Car. Maybe that's his favorite song. Maybe David Ferronis jams Fast Car on his way to camp every day to cover the Dolphins. 
Hour number two is next. This podcast replay is brought to you by Walton Rayom. Call for a free consultation, 954-966-4646. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. Welton Rayom handles property damage claims due to a hurricane. Welton Rayom can help, 954-966-4646. There he is, Tracy Chapman's biggest fan, jamming a fast car every day of his life. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, your words, not mine. <laughs> yeah, Did you can't even say that? that? I can't say as much. I, I've expanded in, in the music I've, I listen to, but I've not expanded uh, there yet. And did, did you even know that song? No, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm not aware. And now, I, I mean, I saw it all over Twitter uh, yesterday. I, I was late to. to now you know Stairway the, to Heaven. Now you know Stairway. Yes. To heaven. You yeah, know. Yeah. You know Freebird. Right, Freebird. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bird. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you know, Back in Black, right, from ACDC. Yes, definitely. Okay. I, I right. even have that one in my songs. So, okay, you know, I'm just, I'm just throwing stuff out there, like you know that, like Fast Car, Tracy Chapman. Huh? What? Huh? <laughs> it's a, I, 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 that that song. Ever since it came out in the '80s, back in the MTV days. I never understood the craziness for the song then, and I don't understand how it's still like, you know, and like she's like looked at like some legend. It's like, yo, you came up with a mediocre song that a couple people liked. Okay, wow, uh, you know, whatever, bro. It's just what was that the one hit? Was that was that a one hit wonder back then? Yes, that's her one hit. Or one. Were there yeah, huh? Cabin didn't have any other hits, dude. None. That was- <laughs> That was her one hit, you know, and she got Taylor Swift dancing throughout the entire song. So I will say this. I don't think I don't think much of that song, but I will say Luke Combs actually added to the song. He made it actually even bearable. You know, he, he actually improved it. In fact, he should re-record it and maybe it'll actually be half decent with Luke Combs doing uh doing it because really i mean she can put me to sleep in a fast car and really how do you fall asleep in a fast car you know you, you kind of want to be awake in a fast car right unless right. It's Tracy chapman then you're going to be asleep in a fast car is what's going to happen <laughs> uh, all right I even the clip I, I gotta i gotta watch it i tuned in for bits and pieces of the grammys uh i saw a bunch of uh twitter or x hoopla over that um, so then I just missed it, but, uh, but yeah, I, I guess I got to watch it and see what I'm missing. Yeah. Yeah. The Luke Combs, what I will say, I, I got to give him props there. I'll, I'll give uh, Luke Combs some props for bettering that song. All right. Anthony Weaver. Uh, I, I trip out on the whole hire thing because just between you and me, I don't have a problem with Josh Boyer. I didn't have a problem with Fangio and I'm not going to probably have a problem with Weaver. My issues are all on offense anyway. So to me, that's really the. But everybody, oh, well, Weaver might do this. He could be good at that, at this, that, whatever. Your thoughts on, on the hire? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like the hire. It's, it seems like an up-and-coming guy. You see the way he communicates with players, that um, he's, uh, he's pretty intense. He brings it, brings that competitive fire. And um, I, what Mike McDaniel mentioned, which I think is at the forefront of his mind, is uh, the – the coach as a player developer, uh, I think uh, the, the two guys, uh, McDaniel and him, they see eye to eye in that respect. So there was a reason that that was played up in his statement 
uh, for sure. So, and I, I don't think that was necessarily any shade at uh, whether Vic Fangio looks at uh, player development the same way. I'm sure all coaches value player development, but uh, just that it, it's it's more so at the forefront of what he wants to do. And uh, yeah, we saw we did have one stint as a defensive coordinator. It wasn't that great. The Houston Texans in 2020 in a season that went awry with a unit that uh, didn't have much outside of J.J. Watt. They were 27th in points against. Uh, he ran sort of a lot of single high looks, more aggressive defense, and I think he will run. Uh, now with the, the Ravens under Mike McDonald, they were a lot of uh, the, the same looks that you saw, uh, this Fangio scheme that's uh, sort of sweeping the, the league. So I think we'll see more of that. Maybe it's some kind of combinations. Maybe Weaver's somewhere in between. We won't know for sure until sort of we get him on record, talk to him, and ask him what kind of defense he envisions running. But um, I imagine he will see a lot of the two high shells and um, it's some quarters coverage, the cover six, all that stuff, uh, in sort of a, an in-between, a nice balance between what he did run in 2020 with the Texans and then what the, the Ravens have uh, run since uh, he was uh, associate head coach and defensive line coach there. Yeah, I uh, I have no problems with the hire, bro. The hire will be fine. I'm I'm sure he's going to be a damn good, you know, defensive coordinator overall. Uh, you uh, you look at uh, some of the things that they have to do to re-sign certain guys. Where are you at, Wilson and others? What do you think is going to happen here? Uh, you, you were you were uh, the sound was kind of drowning out. What were you asking, sir? I said that um, I expect Weaver to be fine, but what do you think is going to happen with some of his players now on defense, like Wilkins and others? Who, who's coming back and who is not? What, do you, what have yeah. you been able to gather? Yeah, Wilkins is at the forefront of that. Um, so, I mean, he's a player developer, and look, the, the Dolphins also, they just came out of the Senior Bowl. You have assistant defensive line coach Kenny Baker, actually coaching the senior bowl D lineman on one of the sides, uh, Austin Clark defensive line coach was there. So if they're looking at these defensive linemen in the draft, and that's one way they can go where if Wilkins price is something that they can't meet, then they could let them walk. Hey, they could also franchise them. That's going to be pretty expensive in the short term, but um, you could, you, so you have options there. You could go Wilkins uh, franchise one year, and then we're looking for that replacement in the draft that you could sort of develop over a year where maybe the the next guy is a rotational D lineman that then uh, becomes that guy next to Zach Sealer. Maybe that guy that you take high in the draft has to uh, come in right away and and be that guy that's starting and is, um, is expected to contribute from the start. Or uh, you are able to land uh, Wilkins long-term. And then Weaver, I'm sure he'd love that. If, uh, if Weaver, a defensive line guy who uh, has played uh, the position, coached the position, and then he has Wilkins and Zach Sealer, that combination, salt and pepper locked up for some time, I'm sure he would love to have that. So um, that that's a route you can take. It's going to be difficult under the salary cap and where the Dolphins are, especially for future seasons. Uh, there are ways to get Wilkins in team friendly early in the deal. And then you're just kind of screwed later where you've pushed back all your money anyway. But uh, but there are options. And uh, and the Dolphins have been looking at a lot of D linemen uh, for the upcoming draft. So that, that could be one way to go in, uh, you know, whether it may not be the first round, but could be second or third round pick. So you're you're uh, you're leaning more to where I'm at now. Finally, right. That Wilkins is gone, right? 
there are avenues to get him back, uh, but it, it's it's going to be challenging. And especially when he just had the nine-sack season, then uh, he might have priced himself out uh, based on doing that. The Dolphins didn't meet the price before he had the nine-sack season. Now he's got those sacks. And what he wanted before, he's going to want more now. So uh, it's he's not gone. like, okay. Yeah. He's gone, bro. He's gone. I'm telling you. I've been telling you guys for weeks now. He's gone. He will and he seemed to speak like it. Out. That last interview that he had in Kansas City upon the elimination, he some of the uh, the, the ways that he phrased uh, certain answers uh, seemed to uh, lean that way for sure. He knows he's gone, dude. He's <laughs> going to price himself out. He's going to want his money, and and I get it that he's going to want his money. It's it's very understandable. Uh, I think they're gonna. I think they're not as impressed with the sacks because most of the sacks came against bad teams. It's one of the things that I've been talking about because I think that's what's going to end up hurting him in their conversations. That those sacks weren't against the elite teams. Only Buffalo was the only one. Outside of that, everything else was uh, against lesser against lesser teams, and that's going to be that's going to be an issue. Yeah, so that's one way to, to look at those numbers. Uh, but then, I mean, the, the sacks there, the, the numbers are there. So uh, any uh, player and their representation, they're going to point to that. They're going to say, hey, listen, what he needed was to show he could provide an interior pass rush after the previous years of showing you everything else. He didn't have those sack numbers the way the other defensive tackles that have gotten big money, uh, the, the way they racked up the sacks. Well, now he finally has them. And uh, so – it, and it's just going to be sort of this moving of the goalpost where it's not, okay, the Dolphins, they needed to see the sacks. Now they see them. Now they could pay the price that was talked about before. No, now Wilkins's price is also going to go up. So it's sort of the both sides are just going to keep moving in that direction and probably never meet. No, you're, you, you are right. And, and that's the thing. And again, let me, let me pull this up because I want to, I want to pull this up for you to make sure. And, and this is why I think some some of these things are going to come into play. And they uh, and that's why I mentioned it to you. Here it is. All right. I'm going to I'm going to pull up his game logs. All right. Um, outside of the sack with the Bills, half a sack against the Jets, a sack against Tennessee. Two sacks against the Jets. This is two and a half sacks against the worst offensive line in the NFL. I'm just being factual here. The only O-line that had more starting combinations than the Dolphins. Right. New England, one sack. Again, not a great offensive line. Two against Carolina. Not a great offensive line. Half a sack against the Giants. Not a great offensive line. And another sack against New England. Not a great offensive line. So you look at all his sacks, only one came against a legit team, and that was Buffalo. And and it was a great play. Not only was it a sack, it was a strip and a fumble recovery. I mean, oh, right. it, yeah. was, it was a sweet-ass play on his part, and I give him a lot of credit. But I think that that's going to be what they're going to hold against him, you know, in, this, in, in these negotiations. They're going to say, yeah, you got the sacks, but – you didn't show up against Dallas and you didn't show up against Baltimore and you didn't show up against Kansas city and you didn't show up against Philadelphia. And that's what they're going to say. They're going to say in most of the big games, including the first Buffalo game, you also didn't show up. 
And so I think that's what's going to end up hurting him in this process where he's going to ask for 24, 25, and they're going to say, yeah, we're kind of where we're at last year. Maybe we added 500,000 or something or a million, but I, I just don't think there's going to be much movement because the sacks didn't come against the big, big boys. That's just me. Yeah. Even, even I remember that first Buffalo game. Uh, I think he was without a tackle deep into that game, like maybe through three quarters. And I'm looking at the game long now. He only had two tackles, one solo, one assist in that game. So, uh, yeah, where I remember specifically he, his impact was not there. Uh, that first game against Buffalo um, and then some of the other um, major uh, games, those those bigger games. I mean, he contributed to uh, that whole narrative all season that the Dolphins couldn't beat the other contenders. Right. right. Basically, yes. He, he he played along the same lines of not really playing well against contenders, except for the Bills, where he actually, you know, came up with a right. the second a big, game, yeah, yeah, with a big time play. What do you think? Well, that was kind of like the last good play. That was like the last good play that the Dolphins had because uh, uh, I, uh, I think the, the punt return came later. It was early in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken, and then the right. punt return came, and then everything just uh, snowballed after that. Offense couldn't move. Tua with the pick at the end. Allen drives him down. So. How are you yeah. feeling about the first rounder right now? What direction do you think they're going to end up going? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I see a lot of mock drafts that like uh, that Jackson Powers Johnson, uh, which hey, if uh, the Dolphins may very well need an interior offensive lineman, uh, so that that could be a way if they can't bring back Robert Hunt, if uh, Connor Williams is is not there, uh, if they can't meet on a price because Dolphins don't want to pay it with well, both their salary cap situation and him coming off the injury. And uh, and maybe Williams still wants something that's representative of what he was doing before the injury. Then uh, and that could uh, lead to uh, them not reaching an agreement. So if either or, which it's unlikely, I think that both of them are, are going to be back then. Yeah, that's that's one area is the, the interior offensive line. And um, and uh, Powers Johnson uh, seems like a, a good fit for that spot in the first round. So. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it yeah. won't be Bowers. Stop it, folks. He's not going to fall to twenty-one. Okay, folks. I, I would. They're going to find a way to get a tight end this year. I guarantee you. They, they need to get a tight end. Yeah, they will get one, but it won't be Bowers. Though. He's going to be gone before. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're talking about Brock Bowers. Yeah, yeah. Since I just said Power shots, and I thought you were talking about him, but uh, no, yeah, no, Bowers. No, no, no. I, I keep getting. I keep getting DMs and. Tweets and texts and the, oh, we got to oh, get he's, he's far like, gone. He, he's yeah. not going to be available at twenty one, dude. So forget yeah. about it. They wanted uh, Laporta, and he just they they couldn't find a way to trade up, and and he just didn't fall to them in the second round, and so then they went in the direction of Cam Smith, and yeah. so they're they've been trying. I think that's one of the priorities this year is yeah. to get that third playmaker. And it, and you know, a lot of people talk about receiver. No, no, no. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a tight end. They're going to finally get that playmaking tight end. I you, really you think in the, in the first round. No, no, no. Okay, just, just in, in the first few rounds, yeah. No, no, no. Trade, free agency, oh. draft. I don't know how, but Some they will the they will find a way to get a playmaking tight end. I really believe that. Yeah, I yeah, don't I know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you exactly how because I don't know how everything's gonna work out right now. You know what I mean? But I, I know that that has to be on their priority list because 
it's it's a it's an element that is missing from that offense. Mike McDaniel really cannot call his real offense until he has a playmaking tight end that he can count on. Then they'll be more balanced to what he wants to do because that's what that system is. Yeah. That's, yeah, and all of these draft projections are, are uh, they uh, they get so complicated because you're looking at team needs at the end of a season, but then free agency and trades occur before that. The Dolphins have a track record of addressing those major needs before the draft even gets there the last couple of seasons. So like two years ago, we were looking at all the wide receivers that the Dolphins might select with that uh, first round pick. And then uh, sure enough, uh, they trade for Tyreek Hill. So then all that research we were doing on all those wide receivers in the draft, one, the, the draft picks that could have been used for those receivers were sent to the Chiefs for Tyreek Hill, and two, you have Tyreek Hill. And then they also uh, brought in Cedric Wilson, already had Jalen Waddle, so you knew they were uh, not doing much else there. Then uh, last year, well, they still ended up going cornerback, but the, the big uh, trade before uh, going into March and, and whatnot, Jalen Ramsey. So then you completely go away from cornerback. You don't think they're going cornerback in the draft, but then uh, Chris Greer in his best player available mindset uh, on his board, then he still goes with Cam Smith. So uh, a lot of it uh, is unpredictable. And then uh, and Chris Greer is going to go through that uh, best player available uh, uh, approach uh, whether he thinks it's a position, an, an immediate position of need or not, he's going to draft the guy that he believes is the one that uh, he wants for uh, the long haul. Anyway, yep, I'm with you there. All right, follow him on Twitter at David Ferronis underscore and catch his work there at the South Florida Sun Sentinel. What are you working on so folks can check you out, my friend? Yeah, I got stuff on the site on uh, Anthony Weaver, of course, uh, new defensive coordinator hire, and uh, just. I uh, wrote a quick thing on the Pro Bowl. The Dolphins, uh, two and Tyreek uh, hooked up for that uh, touchdown. You know, they they make regular season games look like flag football. Uh, an actual flag football game also looked like uh, flag football. Second second play of the game in uh, what's really meaningless anyway. Uh, a little Pro Bowl exhibition, and then uh, a little bit of an easy week. But uh, might dive into a little bit more of what uh, Anthony Weaver can bring, and um, and then also the uh, the season awards coming up this year. So. Uh, sort of leaning into that and uh, the Dolphins that are up for different things. Got it. David, good stuff. We'll catch up on Thursday, my friend. Appreciate you as always. Sounds good. Yes, sir. Thank you. Welton Rayom, bankruptcy, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury. They're there for you, man. 954-966-4646. Even if you don't need a lawyer right now, listen, the consultation is free. If something happened to you yesterday, a week ago, a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, and you're like, man, do, do I have a case? You know, picking up the phone and dialing 954-966-4646 and asking for Jeff Welt is not an issue. It's free. And you can explain to him your situation. The consultation is completely free, and they'll tell you if you have a case or you don't have a case, if they can help you or they can't help you. And maybe you do need help, and maybe they can one of our listeners the other day called, you know who you are, and you ran something through Jeff, and you had a case, but he didn't specify. He, 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 that wasn't one of his specialties. So what did he do? He gave you the number of a, a friend of his that's another lawyer that specializes in what you do. So the consultation, even if he can't help you and he thinks your case is special, he might have somebody else that he can lead you to like he helped one of our listeners, okay? We've had several of our listeners call him for 
hurricane damage, water damage, okay, bankruptcy, right? I mean, all kinds of, uh, of our listeners the last couple of years have called Welton Rayom. Now, some of you, just save the number because you never know when you're going to need it. 954-966-4646. Call my man, Jeff Welton. This has been another session of the Welton Rayom Miami Dolphins Report with David Veronis. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. They handle complex personal injury claims caused by the fault of another in both state and federal courts. They handle auto, trucking, motorcycle, slip and fall, and bicycle accidents. Call 954-966-4646. Welton Rayom can help. Thank you all out there as always. Don't forget, Sloman's Home Shield, proud sponsor of our program, 1-800-ALARM-ME. And we're always there ready to give you a free doorbell camera. And all you got to do is use our professional installation and our low-cost central station monitoring. And you're going to get an LED touchscreen pad, a motion detector, three-arm doors, and a backup battery. And we are in winter for those of you in some of those states where you're going to get a little cold and you got that snow, they also sell heating oil. They've been selling heating oil to Americans for decades now. one oil deal They have fixed prices, which will save you hundreds. You know what you're spending on average every month. Call Slomans and compare and tell them that the Big O Show sent you. one oil deal That's one oil deal for Slomans Home Shield. All right, all right, all right. Uh, by the way, um, Mr. Wayne Kramer uh, from MC5 passed away on Friday. Uh, rest in peace to Wayne Kramer, one of the rock legends. You could say maybe the beginnings of heavy metal music came out of MC5. We all know that Black Sabbath was probably the godfathers and the real creators. But slightly before Black Sabbath, there was this little band in Detroit named MC5. And they had a punk and a hard rock. And some would say even before it was ever created, there was a little bit of heavy metal in there. So Wayne and MC5 were ahead of their time. And uh, Apollo apparently is on the chat board. And that reminds us that Apollo Creed and, you know, uh, Carl Weathers, losing Carl Weathers also was, you know, a rough one for a lot of us. Obviously, Carl Weathers made uh, made a lot of uh, historic movies and is a character that, you know, held all the way up to the Mandalorian. He did a good job in the Mandalorian, too. You know, I love the Mandalorian. That's one of my favorite uh off offsets of or or spinoffs from uh from the whole star wars thing but rest in peace mr kramer and mr weathers and we lost over the weekend uh by the way if i have not mentioned it i think i mentioned it in passing but i i uh usually see his dm sometimes and i haven't seen it james in the dr you're here brother here you go your honey is in here, dude. Uh, been uh, been drinking the honey you left us. 
because I know you brought a bottle of honey and and the bag of coffee. I, I won't bullshit you. I have not drank any coffee. I'm not really much of a coffee guy, so I, I, I would be lying to you. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm a coffee guy. I still have it. I haven't even given it away because I've been thinking about somehow making it, but then I got to buy a whole coffee maker. So I'm trying to see if I can maybe go to my buddy's house or something, bring the coffee over and just to try it because, but the honey, which it's get the honey, Junior. The honey that you brought me is the best honey, dude. Uh, the one that my wife gets all the time at Publix. I don't know the name of the brand or whatever, but we've been using the one you dropped off. And I got to tell you, dude, it is awesome. James and the DR, my brother, thank you so much. So kind. Uh, so many of you have been so kind to me and Sean over the years, and I appreciate that immensely. We do. We, we, we really embrace that. I know there's a bunch of you out there, unfortunately, don't really appreciate us. And don't really, you know, you kind of half-ass support us and all that stuff. You just use us stuff, you know what I'm saying? But there are lots of you out there that truly care about us and support us and want us to survive and thrive and try to, you know, stay alive. You know what I'm saying? But I just want you to know, James and the DR, I don't know if you're watching you know, because sometimes, you know, some people just watch segments and they don't they don't necessarily watch a show, although, James, you're pretty hardcore. If you happen to be watching this moment here, if you catch it, thank you so much, my brother. Again, thank you for the the, the love and the support over the years because you've been listening for years. And and thank you for going out of your way and stopping by at Hialeah Racetrack on, uh, I don't know, it was a month ago or something like that. And uh, just been wanting to tell you because I, I keep forgetting the last couple of days because over the last week, week and a half, I think I've been uh, we've been using the honey that you left us. And it is absolutely fantastic. It, there's a difference. You taste it. So very nice, sir. Helps the throat. So thank you very much, James and the DR, man. Very much. Very much. All right. Um, on the flip side, God, our, our friends in Haiti, Jesus, man, that place is whew, being run by gangs. That is so terrible, dude. So terrible. Really, really sad for Haitian people, man. And they're good people too, man. I worked at, uh, at two Haitian radio stations, uh, to start my career, WLQY and WKAT 1260, no, 12. 1220 and 1360 on the dial i think it was and um great people man but i i was uh, reading some stuff there and sad to see what's going on there christian throws in a little fatso brooklyn rob with the great fatso reference get the honey junior uh let's see keith bell keith ball says dolphins need to hire an established head coach just like miami heat did um the miami heat hired eric spolster who had never been a head coach sir okay we're back uh let's see uh shang to shung oh what tight end is available in free agency worth going hard for don't know yet. I haven't really looked at free agency yet. So, or trade. That's the other thing. 
Gotta send Big O some flour. Okay. You're gonna where where is it from? True leaf, cure leaf. Where where where's the flour from? I got you on that one, huh? Huh? Uh, oh, what do you think? Miami got third place match for the World Cup and seven matches in total. Kudos to Ross. He might not know how to manage the Dolphins, but he knows how to bring entertainment to the Rock. Yeah, no, that that's uh, Tom Garfinkel is the man. Give Stephen Ross credit for hiring and keeping Tom Garfinkel around. That's the that's the effing man right there. Okay, he he. Great owners find the right people and delegate authority. Everything that goes on in Hard Rock, yes, Stephen Ross gets the love because he's the owner and he supports. But it's Tom freaking Garfinkel, bro. Let, let's not get this shit, you know, twisted in any way possible. Tom Garfinkel is a stud and a half. Okay? Not a stud. Tyreek Hill is a stud. All right. Tom Garfinkel is a stud and a half. Not a stud, stud and a half. They don't make a lot of those. I don't know if you've noticed that. Stud and a half is Tom Garfinkel. Lots of studs in the world, but studs and a half? Yeah. The, the Lord only wanted to make a couple of those, and Tom Garfinkel is one of them. That's the man, bro. That's why that stadium is so convenient and beautiful now, easier to get out of, easier to come in and out of with the bridges and the, the tunnels and the, 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 uh, the, the, what is it? The club center, the roof, you, you got the tennis tournament, you got the F1, you got a damn hospital on the, on the, you, you got, you got a Baptist health on the facility brand new beautiful practice facility i can't say enough about tom garfinkel bro They're, they don't make people like that dude that, that's just rare to find the guy that just understands business and sports and is able to mix it the way he has and all that stadium has done and the entire organization has gotten better since they added Tom Garfinkel. Notice it. It's all Tom Garfinkel, dude. It's truly amazing. Got to give that dude some, some monster, monster love. Plus, he's a classy guy, too. Tom Garfinkel. Absolute ass kicker. And a stud and a half. He's got a half a stud on everybody else pretty much in the world. That's pretty impressive. Uh, let's see. It's a sad time for the USA with open borders, too. Oh, it's a sad time. Um, I guess some people forgot the heat were developing Coach Spo since the late 90s. Yeah, no. No, the best part is that, that he already had him, like, head coaching somewhere else when the guy came up from the film room. In fact... The Heat, have, since Riley, haven't hired an experienced head coach because Stan Van Gundy was not an experienced head coach. And then Spo was not. A, unlike the Miami Dolphins, 
Pat Riley knows how to develop his own coaches. And, you know, his tree, Jeff Van Gundy was a good coach. Stan Van Gundy's a good coach. And obviously, Eric Spolstra is the best coach. So he can develop coaches. Unlike Belichick, who has a rotten-ass tree. Great job, James, in the DR, dude. That is some excellent honey they make over there in uh, in the DR. Anyway. Big O, the wife and I want to wish you luck and speedy recovery on your upcoming surgery. Ocala Joe, thank you. Tomorrow we will have foot surgery. Uh, last Yesterday, it was my wife's birthday. And um, so I got her and the daughter. Uh, uh, I fly, which if you've ever seen it, it's like, you know, when you – when you uh, get out, when you jump out of a plane and you're parachuting, and you know you do that whole floating stuff and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's what iFly is. It kind of trains you to do all that stuff. And they've got different locations all across the country. And there's one in Fort Lauderdale, right off of 595. So I took the wife. I didn't do it myself, although I think I'm right at the weight threshold of it. But I couldn't do it anyways because of my foot. I didn't want to risk. You know, my foot, I, I haven't been in a lot of pain or discomfort. In fact, I've been in no pain, uh, very little discomfort since they gave me that cortisone shot. It took a couple of days to work, but then once it kicked in, it's been pretty good, right? And so I haven't been, and I don't want to mess around, you know, with my foot doing anything crazy that then the pain comes back. So tomorrow morning, God, I got I to gotta, I gotta be there at 545 in the morning. Jesus Christ, dude. Anyway. So, um, I, I'm hell, I, I could do the show tomorrow. I don't know yet. Don't know yet. You know, I am having surgery in the morning, but I will be back in time for the show. You know what I mean? Would be kind of crazy for me to do the show tomorrow. But anyway, so tomorrow I'm having foot surgery finally. And, uh, for those of you that don't know, I developed these two bone spurs that came up on the top of my foot. And so on the top of your foot, you know, you've got those tendons that 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 control each toe. Well, the one in the middle, the 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 uh, spurs are right under that tendon and it's stabbing the tendon. So obviously kind of painful. So they've got to go in and shave that all down. So, you know, it's no longer stabbing the tendon. And then at the same time, they found another bone spur on the back of my heel, right by my Achilles, which makes me, according to the doctor, five times more susceptible to tearing my Achilles. And at 57, yeah, I don't want to tear my Achilles, dude. You know what I mean? I try to avoid those kind of injuries. And so I told them, no, 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 no. Let's, let's shave that bone spur too, bro. Are you kidding me? I, I can't have that. So my foot will be in a boot for like four to six weeks. I'll be able to walk around and everything, and even drive, actually. Um, but uh, but I have to put my boot back on when I'm done driving. You know what I mean? So that'll be that'll be good. What's in that honey? I have no idea. You have to ask James in the DR what. It, but it's honey that's sold there in the DR, and um, I don't even know the brand name or anything. You know what I mean? So. Uh, but it's excellent honey. Excellent honey. Tastes freaking great, dude. So I uh, I thank James in the DR. I was very thoughtful of him on top of all of that, looking out for 
uh, my best interest, which is very nice of him. So tomorrow we will have our surgery. And it went pretty cool for the wife and the daughter. They had some fun at iFly. It's a, that's a cool thing. I want to go do it myself. I'll lose a few more pounds. And, uh, and then yesterday I took her also for her birthday. I took her to eat at, I don't know the name of it, man. I gotta, I gotta get the name now. Wait a minute. Where is it? I thought I had it here. I don't. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, got her a, uh, I took her out to dinner to a, um, to, um, Versace's house in Miami beach. It's a restaurant. I forgot the damn name now. I don't know if you guys know this, but they made the Versace home a restaurant. And let me tell you something, dude, the ambiance is fantastic. The food was excellent. Uh, I had, let me tell you something. I had a New York strip and that's one of the best New York strip steaks I've ever had. They know how to cook a steak there. I got medium rare and it was absolutely, I had some octopus for a, for thinly sliced octopus that's seasoned and whatever, some kind of, kind of tasted a lot like, uh, like ceviche, you know, but it was delicious. It was great. Um, let's see, there was a lamb and, uh, and, uh, pasta. My, I think my wife had the ravioli. Uh, lobster or the yeah i think it was the ravioli lobster if i'm correct uh the food was awesome everybody loved the food it was absolutely great so i forgot the name of it 11th and ocean obviously the versace house and uh you can look it up but if you want to take that special someone to a really nice place it, it's it's not like ridiculously overpriced or anything. You're going to pay. Okay. You're, you're going to pay 40, 50 bucks for a steak. Okay. Just the way it is. You know what I mean? If you want a good steak, that's usually what you're going to pay in a good restaurant. Service was excellent. The ambiance was awesome. Okay. And yesterday was great too, because there was no rain and it was cool and everything was great. Um, but, uh, I will, I would suggest that to anybody out there, if you haven't been or didn't know that the Versace house is now a restaurant, uh, if you got somebody special, you want to take them out for a special meal, that's, that's a place that I would strongly suggest you will, you will come out a winner when you, when you're done that special, someone will look at you and say, thank you. This was awesome. So it was really, really good. And if you want to try that iFly stuff, that was fun. That was fun. I, I can't wait to try it myself. You could go to our, our, our YouTube page. I just posted a second video today. A couple of the experts doing. Did you check that out, uh, Sean? The, the guys at iFly doing it on, on YouTube. Man, that, that, that shit is impressive, dude. I, the, the, the experts doing it. The, sec, the, the latest video it shows like somebody like the instructor showing a beginner and then he starts doing it and he takes uh, off all the way to the top and comes back down. And it's like, you're like, holy crap, dude, they, they are confident as hell doing that. It's, it's actually pretty cool. It really is. You can check it out. We got some, a couple of shorts that I posted on YouTube. Uh, I posted one yesterday and then, and then there's one that I posted this morning. So uh, you can check it out.
Big O, I've always felt you are the most deserving for success since I used to stop and see you before every Dolphins home game in the early 2000s, and you would always have the time to talk Dolphins with me. Well, James, I, I do that with everybody. That's who I am. Ask Lisa Rose, who hangs out with me. Ask, ask a Brooklyn Rob. Ask some of the people that actually get to know me. You know what I mean? It's, you know, that's who I am. You know what I'm saying? Now, am I a person that's going to take a lot of shit? No, I'm not going to take any shit from anybody. Yeah, so I'm, I'm short-fused in that sense. I don't have a lot of, you know, tolerance for, you know, just craziness and stupidity and ignorance. Uh, yeah, I will be, you know, a little uh, short-tempered short, short uh, tempered with that stuff. But but overall, yeah, I'm I'm good, man. I'm fine. I'm easy to get along with, you know. So I appreciate you, as always, for coming by and supporting us. Thank you, Alarmo. Doing some flips. Uh, good morning, Big O. Don't sell yourself short because you always seem to understand business and sports as well as music. That's why myself and others tune into your diverse show, which is awesome. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Damn, Big O. No dancing for a few months. Yes, sir. I will not be able to, to dance. Yes, sir. Brooklyn Rob, like one of my old bosses said, surgery is not an acceptable excuse to miss work. I asked, what is acceptable? He said, death, death is acceptable. Yeah, I would say so. Is it expensive or reasonable? Frankie, it's reasonable. Reasonable. You know? Reasonable, dude. It's You're going to a nice restaurant. All right. We're, we're, you know, I love Outback. I love um, Cheesecake Factory. I, uh, Longhorn Steakhouse, good place. Those are all restaurants I, I love to go. Okay. The, not those kind of prices. You know what I'm saying? You know what you're going to pay when you go to Denny's. You know what you're going to pay when you go to Longhorns. And you know what you're going to pay when you go to a nice restaurant. You know, we're talking, this is the kind of restaurant that you go to for an anniversary, a birthday, or, or you know, something. It's it's a special deal that you're willing to spend, you know, per person, probably somewhere in the 75 range, right? Something like that. That's kind of, you know, what a good, what, a, what an elite restaurant is going to cost you. You know, you're going to pay... 30 to 60 bucks for a hell of a plate. It's just the way it is. You know what I mean? But I would strongly suggest it because the food is excellent. The service was excellent. And the ambiance. And you get to walk into the to the Versace mansion. And you kind of get to see all of it inside. And you can take your pictures and videos and all that. And so it's, so it's, it's a building that most of us never go into. You know what I'm saying? And used to be so exclusive nobody was ever in there and now they've made it in a way where you can actually go and enjoy yourself you know and they got a bar and everything it's really cool man i'm telling you uh, i would with no problem tell people go enjoy yourself at that restaurant you i'm telling you frankie you take that person that you care for there and brother you have won brownie points for a while they're going to remember that restaurant. They're going to remember the experience. They're going to remember the food, and they're going to thank you for it. 
And, you know, sometimes that's all we need as guys. We kind of need, you know, a couple of those brownie points like, hey, we came in clutch, you know. It's uh, And that's what I felt like yesterday. I did something different because I was, man, you you know, you're someone with 36 years. You've done everything. You've given her ever, all kinds of presents. And you got to try to figure shit out. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, that's where I came up with the whole I fly thing. And then obviously you want to go to a restaurant you've never been to. And that was definitely a good choice by me. Uh, the restaurant is called Gianni's. That's it. You are correct. 100% proof. You are a thousand percent right. Jonathan Jensen, Gianni's, the Via Casa. Uh, what is it? Cusarina. That's it. That's the one I saw the name. Uh, when you mentioned that, I, that, that reminded me of it. That's it. Chad says, Big O is as real and authentic as he comes off on the show. I can tell you this is him off the air if you ever meet him. Exactly. Wait, do you know how to, uh, do you know how to salsa? Of salsa, merengue. Of course, dude. You know how many quinces I did? I think I did like seven quinces. I was always being asked to do quinces when I was a, when I was a kid in Hialeah and in Miami. Brother, Salon Azul and all that kind of stuff. All kinds of places. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I know how to dance all that stuff. Now, I might be a little rusty at this point. So when I do them dansong, it's not going to be very smooth. But, you know, I, I can do all of that. If I have to merengue, I will do it. I have no problem. You... you you got to learn dancing, Frankie. Okay? I've said this on the show over the years. Dancing is a precursor to sex. Okay? Put the kids away. Here we go. Here goes the roller coaster. Ready? Go. All right. So, you know, foreplay comes before sex, right? Let me explain something to you. A great restaurant, that's foreplay. Dancing, that's foreplay. Listening to her, that's foreplay. That's that's how you're winning that that, that other person over. Listening to them, treating them like gold or a princess or a queen, however you want to look at it. Taking her to a great meal and dancing. Brother, you get a little... You know, whatever vibe you like going, whatever, and and you get it going with her. That's like that's 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 the, those are the early stages. Yeah, that's where you're getting the sensations and things going, and you've got you know, the endorphins are starting to starting to spark up, and then it gets easier to get into foreplay, and then obviously the rest takes over. So dancing is a stage of foreplay if you're smart. So if you don't want to learn how to dance, I just want you to know you've learned you you're not learning a stage of foreplay. Ladies that are watching will agree with me 1000% because they want their man to treat them nice. So you treat them like you treat them nicely, you take them to a nice dinner, you dance with them, they love that. Uh, now again, now your girl has to be in it. See, I'm a Latin guy. Most Latin women, you know, that's kind of part of their DNA. So if you start dancing with a woman, that turns her on, dude. Okay? 
not telling you she's going to have sex with you right on the floor right there. But what I'm saying is it's a precursor to it. It's kind of like you're putting your ducks in a row at that moment. You know, just say. Just a just a little tip for you gentlemen out there. All right. Uh, big old house crypto today. Also, how do you think they will pay to a. Um, They'll pay him with a big fat ass contract and uh and a big signing bonus. And crypto's doing fantastic. Man, Pendle is tearing it up, dude. Man. But it is a great buying zone for so many things. You know, I tweeted this out um just to give you guys um, I got this dolphins topic that I am dying to talk about. Um, and I'll get to it now in a minute here. But um, I think I put it out yesterday. Uh, day before yesterday and um you know what i should do i should retweet it right now for the heck of it but i put out um because right now we're probably in the you know we're in the 70 75 day range of the having and i think we're in the middle of maybe another maybe this could be the final dip for some of these altcoins and when it takes off, it's going to explode and you're going to regret and all that kind of good stuff. Again, I am not a financial advisor by any stretch. Do your own homework as always. But here's a few altcoins that I tweeted out that I think are still monster bargains right now before they explode. Matic, HBAR, Gala, Sailor, which is Kryptonite, uh, Neutron, Atom, Cosmos, Polkadot. I think these are still in absolute great buying territory. I think Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, I think Ethereum is in a phenomenal buying zone, and so is Bitcoin, uh, especially for those of you that are newbies and you're kind of getting into it, take advantage. I don't think you'll ever see these numbers ever again. Uh, once it pops and it goes to six digits, if it goes ever again under six digits, I don't think it'll approach the 40, 50 range ever again. I don't think 30, 40, 50 you'll ever see. Maybe it'll drop to 70 or something. But I doubt it even that because institutional money is coming in now. That institutional money is not going out. Those people, they're not like some of us that are working stiffs. And if it grows to a certain, we got to get some money. We got to get out. We got to, we got to, you know, these people are rich. So once the institutional money steps in, there's going to be a foundation. And so eventually they're going to scoop up all the Bitcoins. It's just what's going to end up happening. Now, to give you a couple of small caps that are much bigger risks, but much bigger rewards too at the same time. Do your own homework. I am not a financial advisor and I am invested in all of these. Okay, so I'm not telling you right now in any of these to invest in something I'm not invested. There are coins that I do like that I'm not invested in because I'm not rich. But small caps, bigger risk, bigger rewards right now. Star Atlas. It's Atlas, the, the, uh, the uh, what's it called? The uh, acronym. Uh, Shido, Jasmine, ALF. Alpha is on the chat board, but it's A-L-P-H, okay? Uh, Alf, there's, there's an Alf for you to go after, Alf. Uh, Van Rye, V-A-N-R-Y. Uh, Honey, all right? And Ondo, all right? I just got an Ondo, by the way. 
It went down to 20 over the weekend, and I jumped on it. Uh, I had to. Uh, Apache had to jump on it. So we did. There you go. And right now, I think Bitcoin is still hanging around the 42 and a half, 43 range. Let me see where it's at right now. 42.6 right now, like I told you. Right around there. Okay. All right. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Big O handing out free game. That's right, baby. Frankie Fresco, he's loving that pendle. Pendle was like at 320 something yesterday. Where is it at now? Like we talked, we gave you pendle at like a dollar thirty-four, dollar forty-three. Which one is it? One of those two. Dollar thirty-four, dollar forty-three, or something. We gave you pendle. And pendle right now. Let me see where crypto.com has pendle. Uh pendle is actually down seven percent to three dollars and ten cents. How about that? $3. It's down at $3.10. It peaked at $3.27 yesterday. It is up 25% in the last week. It is up 121% in the last month. It's up 200% in the last three months. Pendle, baby. Ooh, kryptonite. Where is this? Ooh, kryptonite is down to the five-cent range. Oh, my God. Load up. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm soaking this all in game. Big O is putting on. I do like to dance. Well, then that's going to help you, my brother. Alf says part of the problem with having a daughter is that you get invited to a ton of Keenses and you go broke for a year buying gifts and paying for Keenses dresses. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But I got to tell you, Alf. Back in the day, I did Keenses happily because that's that was the best way when you're 14, 15, because that's the age I and and maybe even 16, I was doing it. I think. Yeah, I think I still did some at 16. But in that in that range, do you know how many girls you end up meeting? Like that that's the one thing. Like when they would ask me to go to Keenses, hey, would you dance? Yeah, let's go. And you know, there there was like you probably go to like seven or eight practices over a two-month stretch, right? Every week it'd be, you know, choreographed. Cause you'd you'd have like six, seven different dances. Latin dances and American dance, because there was waltzing and stuff like that, right? So you had to kind of learn the different dances and all that kind of stuff because it was all choreographed. But in the process, you were meeting girls galore, man. So for me, I see the nightmarish side of yours. But that's the father side of it that you go through, and I feel bad for you. Um, my daughter didn't go through that, I guess. She really didn't, she didn't participate in any. And I don't even know if she went to one, actually. But when I was a kid... Obviously, it was huge back in those days. That was kind of normal for all Latin families. That you had to have a 15s for your daughter. Like, you have to do it. And, uh, and man, that was a great way of meeting girls. That was fantastic, too. 
Uh, Pat in Asheville. Oh, I used uh, four play these days. I'm now down to one play. <laughs> Brooklyn Rob says Patrick Mahomes Sr. will miss the Super Bowl. Second DUI arrest. Poor Pat between his brother and his dad. Yeah, that's his third DUI arrest. Not second, third. Okay. I felt I, I tweeted this out yesterday. I felt bad for Pat. You know, when you're famous, that's it's so hard, man, when you've got an effed up family. And this happens to some of you out there. You know, when people are successful, they sometimes, you know, they have baggage. It's not their fault. It's You don't hold it against them, but their families or whatever, and it's a pain in the ass, and it's embarrassing. And then when you're famous and successful, then everybody knows about it, you know? Like, I'm sure you might know a friend of yours that's pretty, you know, pretty successful, but he's not famous. Nobody knows him. But you know him, your friends, your families. And then the poor guy also has to carry around his bum-ass brother or sister or father or mother or whatever. And there's some disaster, and you always feel bad for them. You know what I mean? I feel bad for Pat Mahomes because his brother is a complete jag-off, a complete scumbag. And then his dad, obviously, is a freaking disaster. And if anything, dude, you know, our jobs as parents is to be a a a a um a supporter. We're we're supposed to be positive for our kids. We're supposed to be there for our kids for anything they need, even if they're superstars. We're supposed to be there to give them the support, the comfort, the guidance. The and, but we're not supposed we're not there to bring them down. We're not there to embarrass them. We're there to lift them up even higher than where they're at. That's our jobs as parents. You know what I'm saying? And that's sadly, Pat Mahomes Sr. has got an addiction problem that is so bad that he can't even know how to behave for his son. You know, when you're growing up as a kid. You're representing your parents. So you try to do everything right because you're carrying the name and all that kind of stuff, right? You know, but then once your kid grows up and becomes a man or a woman, then it's your job as a parent to make sure they continue growing and succeeding. The last thing you want to ever do is be a burden on your family. And that's what Jackson Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes Sr. are. They're a burden to their family. And they don't understand that. And then the worst part is when you have a family member that's famous and you 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 still don't get that your problems become their problems and they become magnified and tied to them when it has nothing to do with them, but you should do better as a human being. You know, it's sad, man. Sad. All right, let's get to our number three. I got something I want to talk about on the dolphin side that we have not addressed. Mike McDaniel went all in this weekend let's talk about that next this podcast replay is brought to you by bocajawsurgery.com from dental implants wisdom teeth jaw surgery and facial cosmetic procedures trust your care to a board certified oral and facial surgeon call dr ronnie katz today 561-499-3331 bocajawsurgery.com 
is let's get to our 3A Graphics sports calendar. Love talking about Alan Blanco and the great people at 3A Graphics. Custom printing and embroidery for your company, your business. Clippers defeated the Heat last night, 103-95. to the uh, They're 26-24. and 24. I guess beating the Wizards and, and, and the Kings when Jay Rich can shoot like lights out from three-point range. They didn't happen this week or last night. Miami shot 26.9% from three-point range. Can't win like that, dude. Tuesday, they take on Orlando at 7.30. The Panthers, they enjoyed uh, the week off with uh, the whole NHL All-Star. Tuesday, tomorrow, they will host the Flyers at Amrit Bank Arena. The University of Miami men's basketball team defeated Vautech yesterday 82-74. to they improved to 15 and 7. Omir had 16 points and 7 rebounds. George added 16. And Cleveland, by the way, added 15 and 13 rebounds. Tonight, they're at Virginia, 7 o'clock. Uh, Saturday, FAU defeated Tulsa 102 to 70. The number 20 team in the country is now 18 and 4, 8 and 1 in the conference. John L. Davis with 24 points. Thursday, they will take on UAB on the road at 9 o'clock. NSU on Saturday defeated Eckerd College 117-70. to Ryan Sizanak Cizanac, had 20 points. He shot 4-4 from three-point range. The boys are 17-2 and and 11-2 in the conference, and they've now won five in a row. Alex Mangold added 18, and Mike Moore added 15. Wednesday, they will host Florida Tech at 7.30. And the Lady Canes, unfortunately, came up short. They're, they're having a rough season. Katie Meyer and the, and the ladies are having a rough one. Uh, FSU defeated Miami 75-68. to They're 14-7, and but they're 4-6 and in the conference. They're 10th right now in the ACC, so a rough one. They've got Clemson on Thursday at 6 o'clock. They're going to have to do very well in the ACC tournament in order to make some noise in the postseason. So uh, there we go. Um, uh, oh, thoughts on dumb money move about the GME pump and dump a few years ago. Are you talking about GameStop? Oh, I didn't watch the GameStop, mo GameStop movie or anything like that, so I don't know, my brother. I, I, I don't know. And I, I'm not a stock guy. I, uh, I I dabbled a little bit in stocks a few years back. It went well for me, actually. But um, once I found crypto, I kind of figured this is actually where we're going as a society. So I kind of uh, went more in that, in that, in that sense. Uh, Chase One, took me four years to break even on Amazon stock. Yeah. Um, let's see. I have 29 million SHIB. I'm rich. LOL. <laughs> Shang to Shang. Oh, this Barry Cunningham guy trash Tua. I, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about Barry Cunningham. I know he reached out to me about using some of our, one of our interviews, but I, 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 you know, I couldn't let him do it because it's exclusive, obviously. Uh, it's for our, you know, our sponsors pay for that. So I told them I couldn't. So that's all I know about Barry Cunningham. I know that he's one of those fans that does shows and all that kind of stuff. I don't know, dude. I don't watch any of that stuff, so I'm not sure. Um, plenty of people trash to us. So it's not a Barry thing. Plenty of people trash to us. So what's what's the big deal? Barry's doing what a lot of other people do. <laughs> what's the big deal, bro? You know what I mean? 
It's like, I don't really care. It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, Big O, having the name Big O when you were single might have been a great help. Actually, no woman knows that I'm the Big O. None of them. Okay? And by the way, when I was single, it had nothing to do with, I didn't have a nickname. It's just Orlando. <laughs> okay? The nickname stuff came in in sports. That's all. When I started doing sports talk. And, you know, unless she's a sports talk listener, that's the only way I get a woman say, hey, Big O, or whatever. That's it. Outside of that, nobody really knows me as Big O when it was in the other way. But I get what you're saying. But, yeah, no. Didn't. It didn't go with that. Uh, let's see. Mark Smith, big O, friends and family can mess those guys up, sometimes really bad. Vic Hernandez, dozens of boxers. Mahomes seems to be doing a great job of keeping his head on straight. Yeah. Yeah. Ocala Joe says, big O, my wife says we are brothers from another mother. All right. Well, we really are, actually. We really are. There is six degrees between all of us. Uh, man dog says every time I see Jay Ru Jay rich shoot, he's building a house of brick by brick. Not, not, a not against the Kings that night, <laughs> but you're right. Normally big, I'm very sick of that stupid TD claim TD guy that claim he's a dolphins fan, but always, well, I, I don't know. Listen, guys, I got to tell you something. I, I'm not the. I'm not here to take your complaints about other people, okay? Whatever Barry or TD or whatever any of these fan shows do, that's more power to them. That's their deal, bro. It's a, the, the part I don't understand, okay? This is what I don't understand about society in general. Okay, if you don't like the person... Why would you watch or listen to anything that they're doing? That's, I, I still don't understand that. So if you don't like this person or don't enjoy watching them or listening to them or agree with them or you think they're full of shit all the time or whatever it is, why do you watch? Why do you listen? It's a whole countered thing. Hey, oh, did you hear what Cal? No, I didn't, because I don't watch Calturd. I think it, I think he's useless. Okay, I think Skip Bayless is useless. Right? I think these are just trolls that work pushing buttons. It's lazy stuff that they do, and so I have no interest, and I never know what they're saying because I have no interest in listening to them. And then, you know, I get it from you guys all the time. Well, I hate this guy, but did you hear what he said? No, I didn't. I don't care. So I have no interest in listening to that. And so if I have no interest, why would I follow what they say? And then why would I want to then glorify it? Why do I want to repeat it? Why do I want to give them even more of a platform by me talking about it on my platform? Or your platform. So if you don't like them, doesn't matter if you have 10 followers, 10, 10, 100 followers, 10,000 followers, or 10 million followers, you're still giving them 
that more of a of a of a of a platform by putting it out to your 10 followers 100 followers or a thousand followers you know what i mean i i i still don't understand that if you don't like the person why do you still watch why do you still listen why are you downloading i don't get it don't get it anyway all right so we are going to tell you a little bit about what i uh caught up with and mcdaniel over the weekend obviously hired anthony weaver right and he put out a statement okay and let me make sure can you see the statement there i want to make sure the top gun thing doesn't get in the way there take it down here we go and it says i'm excited to add anthony to our staff not only for what he will bring to the dolphins as a teacher and a coach but even more so who he is as a leader of men he has proven he has a proven resume of success built on his personal investment in his players most importantly he shares our belief that player development is the cornerstone to both team building and sustained excellence through conversations with him and those who have worked with him, it became clear that we have aligned values in football philosophies and coaching. Now, it's a great statement. It's obviously a statement that proves he's all in and believes in Weaver. And it's also a statement that he fits what we want to do and Fangio doesn't. Clearly, right? Because... The part that it says um, he has a proven resume of success built on his personal investment in his players. Most importantly, he shares our belief that player development is the cornerstone to both team building and sustained excellence. So he has the same kind of vibe, which obviously he felt Fangio didn't have that same kind of vibe. Didn't fit what they were doing. He feels that Anthony Weaver fits what they're doing and what he's all about okay now here's my problem with all of this and you can take it as somewhat of a backhanded shot at fangio if you want to you can do that because in a way he's kind of saying it you know not only for what he'll bring to the dolphins as a teacher and a coach but even more so he who he is as a leader of men and he has proven a resume of success built on personal investment in his players. Maybe he didn't feel that Fangio was investing in his players. Maybe he didn't feel that uh, Fangio was a good leader of men. Right? But here's my problem with this statement. On the surface, it's all perfect. It's a perfect statement that you put out to hire the guy that you, you wanted as your defensive coordinator, and and by the way, personally, I love the hire. From everything I'm seeing, I think it's a terrific hire. But here's my problem with all of this. Can we go back to the, to the Raheem Moster conversation? Okay. Well, how was that conversation last year before after the season? Oh, hey, Raheem, you know, I, I, I got to apologize to you. I didn't dedicate myself enough to the run. And... You know, next year I'm going to do a better job of that. And then he tells us that he apologized to Mostert and that he's going to do a better job of dedicating himself to the run. And to a certain extent, he ran more this year. There's no doubt. 
Did he run enough? Still, he didn't. And in the most important part of this of the of the season, in a moment where you had to keep running, he chose not to. So I still have pre-snap penalties, which showed up in the Kansas City game. I still have um uh you can't figure out how to win challenges. I still have uh plays coming in late all the time. I mean, there's a slew of things that you've got to work in on. Okay, so let me ask you something. So he built this personal investment in his players. Most importantly, he shares our belief that player development is the cornerstone to both team building and sustained excellence. So how's your sustained excellence there, Mike, on offense? Just want to know. Because there wasn't sustained excellence. So you want to hold Anthony Weaver to a standard that you can't maintain yourself. Because Josh Boyer maintained it better than you did. Vic Fangio maintained it better than you did. And I have no issues and no qualms and no concerns that Anthony Weaver will do the same thing. But you, sir, are the one that I'm concerned about. So you can take your backhanded shots, but even more of who he is as a leader of men, he has proven a resume of success built on personal investment in his players. That's great. How about your personal investment? How'd you do getting other receivers involved besides guys not named Tyreek and Waddle? And please don't tell me. I don't want to hear the lazy line I hear in the media all the time. Well, no one's open. You didn't scheme it that way. You can scheme it where they get open because the year before they were open. And two years before that with Flo, he spread the ball around to all kinds of people. And he didn't have a running game. He didn't have time or anything. And he still found a way to spread the ball around. So it's great to say that it became clear that we have aligned values in football. Maybe he has the aligned values. I know Josh Boyer wasn't perfect. I know Vic Fangio wasn't perfect. And I know Anthony Weaver won't be perfect. But I also know none of the three were the issue. Because I'm sure Anthony Weaver will not be the issue next year. Or this coming season. So you can tell me how much Fangio didn't fit. You know? uh, uh, How much this guy brings as a teacher and a coach. And all that kind of stuff. You could tell me how much you love him, right? And maybe it sounds like a backhanded shot at Fangio, but I, a lot of the stuff you're talking about with Anthony Weaver, I need to see it with you because your offense hasn't developed two years in and players still don't know all the plays. Players still are making mistakes in pre-snap. This is two years in. So what's all this stuff about teacher and and coach? How about your teaching and your coaching? So this is great. I love the hire, Anthony Weaver. I think it's going to be a damn good hire. And now, I wonder, I'm going to tell you something now about this hire that nobody's talking about. Okay. 
nobody talked about this part that I just talked about too. But let's get into something that I think a lot of us are overlooking. Okay. I don't know how much of this decision was completely all Mike McDaniel or how much, you know, what's it called? Greer, McKenzie, Allen, maybe even Garfinkel, how much they helped in the process and made their suggestions and, 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 you know, threw it out there like, Hey, no, I think this is a good hire. I'm interested. I don't know what the truth is. Okay. I don't know what the truth is. I, I, that part, I cannot tell you, but do you have a young head coach in the, uh, in the, in the wings now? Cause Anthony Weaver's resume and the way people talked about him, it's not so much that he was also set to be a defensive coordinator, but a lot of people feel you could be having a future head coach here that he has that it quality to him. Cause that's some of the things I've read when it comes to his character. Some people feel like he has that it quality to be a head coach. So worst case scenario, if Mike McDaniel doesn't get it, is Anthony Weaver one of those guys are looking at to be the next head coach in line? Far fetched. This is like I'm going. I'm getting way ahead of myself here. But in the next year or two, let's say he shines and he shows a lot of leadership qualities and people love him. And let's say McDaniel. Levels off, and what you saw the last two years, it's kind of what you've seen the last year or two. And in the last year or two, 2024, 2025 seasons, Anthony Weaver's done an amazing job, has approached things perfectly, approaches the media perfectly, all that kind of stuff. And then people say, Whoa, maybe they should name Anthony Weaver. He's done such a great job with the defense, maybe he's ready to take that next step. Because that's how they talk about this guy. I called the dude that I know in the Ravens organization. And he told me, oh, this is head coach material. That's what Weaver is, he said. He's head coach material. And when I thought about that, I go, wow. Okay. Interesting. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to be the next head coach. or He's a coach in waiting or all that. But I'm just saying... What happens if in the next year or two, McDaniel doesn't impress, doesn't do enough, and like I told you, the hot seat will create this year, and it could cost him this season or next season, one of the two. You either three or four, we're, we're in the crossroad with him, one of the two. And then that guy starts kicking ass. So it's great to have a fantastic opening statement about how you love him and all that kind of stuff, but some of the stuff you talked about with him, I'm more concerned with you. And then the flip side, yeah, you you you're hiring a guy. People are telling me that yeah, this guy's kind of a head coach material down the line. Now, right now, but down the line is the kind of guy that they think can grow into a head coach. That's some crazy shit. So there you go. Um, the guy will probably be gone next season for a head coaching position. We'll have to look for another DC. 
Might be right here. I think it was more collaborative, but more of the front office. I don't know, but we'll see. Seems like Weaver was a Greer and Ross. Mark, once you threw Ross in there, you lost me. Ross knows nothing about football, dude. Okay? Nothing. If anything, Garfinkel, but not Ross. Garfinkel knows his football. Uh, Dolphins are forced to experiment with coaches because the organization is not a preferred destination. Everybody experiments with coaches, bro. Sean McVay is an experiment. Okay? Everybody. D'Amico Ryans is an experiment. John Harbaugh went from special teams coach. See, the problem is, Max, when you say shit like that, it shows that you are just, you're in the middle of all your anger and frustration as a Dolphins fan, and then you throw something out that makes no sense, and it's completely inaccurate. John Harbaugh was completely unproven. So was Dan Campbell. In fact, lots of coaches. Just because we have no luck that we bring the unproven coach that never becomes the guy, but Eric Spolster was unproven and became the guy, right? So let's not let's not get so frustrated that you start saying shit that is inaccurate and it's really, you know, not logical because it's not true. Lots of teams take on new coaches and they succeed. We don't do that, but lots of other teams do. Okay? But don't blame don't blame other teams for our bad luck. Okay? So next time if you want to phrase it, Dolphins are forced to experiment with coaches because the organization is not a preferred destination. Detroit was a preferred destination. The Houston Texans are a preferred destination. Before McVay was the Rams, uh, they were nothing. A lot of these places were nothing, and then they get a, they get the right guy. So it's not you, what you need to say is the Dolphins just can't find a good first shot coach. They just don't. We fail every time. Haven't failed yet with Mike McDaniel. Um, I still have some hope for McDaniel. Uh, Big O, be nice. If Weaver can bring Queen and others over here from the Ravens as a free agent. I like Patrick Queen. That would be a good pickup. Big O, you talking like Greer Allen McKenzie would survive if McDaniel gets fired. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That is very true. Uh, if McDaniel has to get fired, it'll be a bad look for the front office. I, I mean, that I, I have to be honest on that one. That's going to be, yeah, it's not good for them. I love what they've done on the personnel side. It's just, yeah, the head coach part. You got to get that shit right. Big O, not saying Ross knows anything, but he does have those rabbit ears and will write a check. He does, but he doesn't know anything. They just tell him this is good. So, um, Daniel, why is kryptonite going so low? Because all coins take a hit over everything, dude. That's just the way it is. And if you believe in it, if you do your homework and you believe in it, 
then you keep investing and you keep buying lower. You know what I mean? If you don't believe in it, then you don't. That's It's up to you. You know what I'm saying? It's the hardest thing to do in investing is buying in a negative. And so that's where your homework, your confidence has to come in. So when Bitcoin was going down all the way to 16,000, what do you think I was doing? You, you need to go back and look at the shows in December of two years ago in 22 and January of 23. Go look at those shows. Go look at November and December, because I think late November and December. You'll see people that are making fun of me on the chat boards, right? And sending in stupid shit. They're all gone now. Oh, see how Bitcoin's going to go down to 10, 12. You know what you're talking about, all this, that. Oh, you, you keep investing. And it went down from 40 to 35 to 30 to 28 to 25 to 24, 23, 22, 21, 20, 19, 18, 17, 16. And I kept buying. Go look at my face. Go look at my body language. I did not flinch for one second. Not one second did I flinch because I believed in Bitcoin. You think I, I was flinching when Ethereum went down to $900? No, I was buying. We have Avalanche. Avalanche right now is at 3470. What do you think I was doing when it was down at eight bucks? Panicking or buying? Buying. Cardano still hasn't turned completely the corner. It's at 49 cents, but it did go all the way down to 24. Did I panic or did I buy? I bought. I've doubled that investment already. All the ones I bought at 24, 25, and 26 cents, I'm on my way to doubling that investment already. Why? Because I believed in Cardano. Why? Because I believed in Ethereum. Uh, Polygon, it's at 78 cents. I think I bought it as low as into the 40s. And as high as $1.19. Adam, I believe I bought it into the $5 range, $6 range. And it's at $9 right now. I want to say. See? Yes. $6.50. Right around there. Now $5. $6 range is where it was. Bought plenty of it. And that's because I believed in it, my brother. I got polka dot as low as $3, I believe. $3.79, $3.74. Bought a bunch of it. It's at six seventy nine right now. I expect it to go much higher. So it it's all depends on you, my friend. If you believe in the investment, then you keep investing and buying it even lower because when it returns, when it bounces back, you're going to make even more profit. That's kind of what it does. And then if you believe in it, if you've done your homework, I'm not a financial advisor. You do your own homework. If you believe in it, what you're doing is lowering your overall price. That's what you're doing. So it all depends on where you're at with your conviction, my friend. Right now, it doesn't sound like you have a lot of conviction. 
So it's up to you. If you don't believe in it, then get out and take your losses. Or if you believe in it, then stay strong or add even more and lower your overall numbers so you can make more profits when it does bounce back. But whether it's kryptonite or many others, a lot of them have had dips here. You know what I'm saying? Vanar chain had some dips. I took advantage of it. Uh, I'm 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 buying a little neutron in the dollar three, dollar four, dollar six range. Even though uh, you know I kind of got spoiled in 97, 98, 99 in that dip. Well, it, I it found a home at 140 while everything was rock, rocking. We had this dip. It's gone down. It's gonna go find that level 140 immediately and then surpass that. So I am buying more neutron. But that's me. It's up to you. You got you gotta believe in what you're investing. That's the lesson you must learn, sir. Uh, Big O is right. I bought Bitcoin at 16K and told Big O if it goes to 65, I will buy him and Sean a ticket to the Super Bowl. Yes, but only if the Dolphins are in it. Okay? I don't want you to waste your money on I don't want to go to a Super Bowl if the Dolphins are not. If the Dolphins are not in it, I am not interested in any Super Bowl whatsoever. I'm interested in betting this one because, you know, I like Kansas City in this one, but that's about it. But yes, if the Dolphins go. Thank you for buying a ticket for me and Sean. That'll be awesome. We love you for that. Thank you, Shang Tushang. Uh, remember, Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. Cash App or Venmo. And remember, you can make a Bitcoin donation, which we always love. Ocala Joe. Thank you for the love on Cash App. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Very nice. Cash App or Venmo. Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. Cash App or Venmo. Uh, let's get to uh, a little music history, folks. And some other things, too, by the way. A little music history. And I got a funny story, too. Some people just don't know when to say when. Uh, let's go music history on this date back in. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Whoa, wrong one. Now, now we've got the right one. Um, back in 71 on this date, Black Sabbath started recording what would be their third album, Masters of Reality. For the record, guitarist Tony Iommi decided to tune down his instrument three semitones. Bassist Geezer Butler did the same, leading to the darker sound that would go on to influence many other groups. In 83, Toto went on to the number one, number one on the singles charts with Africa. Still a great song, huh? In 83, Def Leppard's album Pyromania began a 92-week run on the charts, while it never reached number one, it wound up selling over 6 million copies in the U.S. alone. In 2006, the Rolling Stones played a three-song set during the halftime of Super Bowl 55. And let's see, 48 on this date, Nigel Tumfnell was born the fictional lead guitarist of Spinal Tap, 
was portrayed by Christopher Guest in the 84 mockumentary. Nigel was born in Squatney, East London, where he met neighbor and future bandmates David St. Hubbins. Our amplifiers go to 11. Birthdays today on February 5th. Cristiano Ronaldo is 39. Neymar, 32. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, Bobby Brown, it's his prerogative to have a birthday today. 55. Uh, Darren Chris, TV actor, 37. Michael Sheen, movie actor, 55. Jeremy Shumter, or no, Sumter, actor, 35. Duff McKagan, bassist, Guns N' Roses, 60. Uh, Tiwa Savage, of R&B singer, she's 44. I have no idea who she is. But I don't follow a lot of, you know, new R&B. The new R&B is so freaking weak. And it all sounds the same. Really, R&B has gone to shit, dude. Anyway. Um, Trayvon Martin, by the way, was born in this date in 95. We lost him in 2012, obviously, tragically. Uh, Hank Aaron, born on this date in 1934. We lost him in 2021. Tim Meadows, actor. He, he just brings a smile to my face just because just you know who he is. Uh, 63 years old. Carlos Tevez, soccer player, is 40. Sarah Evans, country singer, 53. George Hagi, soccer player, is 59. Laura Linney, movie actress, is 60. And that is the list of a lot of people celebrating birthdays today, dude. Jesus. That's a lot of people, man. It's impressive. Uh, what, what else do we have? Uh, tonight in Tampa, you've got uh, Pantera and Lamb of God. They were here over the weekend locally at Hard Rock Live in Tampa. Tuesday, Kenny Wayne Shepherd is at Hard Rock Live in Orlando. Tower of Power on Tuesday is at the Parker in Fort Lauderdale. Willie Nelson will be in Immokalee at the Seminole Center Outdoors uh, on Wednesday. Also Wednesday, Kenny Wayne Shepherd will be in Fort Myers at the Barbara B. Mann Performing Arts. Friday, Gypsy Kings at the Dr. Phillips Center in Orlando. Willie Nelson, Friday, will be at the Pompano Beach Amphitheater. Friday, Frankie Valley, Hard Rock Live Hollywood. Saturday, T.I. is at Club 11. And a week from tonight, at the Amaranth Bank Arena, Journey and Toto. That's going to be a really good concert, dude. Next Monday at the Amaranth Bank Arena. Enjoy yourselves out there. It's going to be pretty cool. What else do we have going on? Nothing's changed in the Super Bowl line. Niners are still favored by two. The over and under is 47 and a half. Niners minus 125 on the money line. The Chiefs are plus 105. I've already taken the Chiefs plus two and the Chiefs plus one and a half. So... 
I am set to go. I believe in this big time. Joel Embiid is going to have a procedure to repair his left meniscus. He will miss an extended period of time. Constantly injured, unfortunately. Oh, by the way, my uh, my daughter, I took her also to Toyota of Hollywood on Saturday in the Craig Zinn family. And just want to thank Herbie, Sandra, and Alex. You know, I tell you all the time about Craig Zinn's Acura Pembroke Pines, all the time proud sponsor of our program. And we had the Acura Pembroke Pines Miami Heat and NBA report. But uh, Toyota of Hollywood, where we've bought cars there too. And so my, uh, my daughter's about to get a Toyota. And so we uh, went there to Toyota of Hollywood. And, you know, I, I just got, you know, Herbie, Herbie runs the show there. At, and if you ever go to Toyota of Hollywood, go see Herbie and tell him that Big O sent you. They'll take care of you. Sandra, who was fantastic taking care of us. She took care of my mother-in-law years ago. It was eight years ago that she got her Corolla there. And she still has her Corolla. It's like an immaculate. My, my mother-in-law has had her Corolla for eight years and it has like 2000 miles on it and it's one of those sporty corollas it looks really nice you know but it, it's in, in impeccable shape dude it's eight years old and it's got 2000 miles like old people don't drive so anyway I, I just wanted to thank alex and sandra and herbie and all the fantastic people at toyota of hollywood because they are just absolutely awesome. You know, I always talk about Acura Pembroke Pines because obviously we, we've owned and leased Acuras there. And I'm going to get a new Acura probably at the end of this year. I don't know what my wife is going to get. If she's going to get an Acura, she's going to get a Toyota. But whatever she gets, she'll get whatever she wants. Um, but, um, yeah, I just want to thank them because they were just absolutely fantastic for my daughter on Saturday. So she is uh, very happy. Mark Smith says, do you like the under number two and number three scoring defenses facing off without dynamic special teams? Um, the under is not a bad play at 47 and a half. I, I do have to say, I certainly don't like the over unless there's turnovers. But I, I kind of like the under. What I really love is Kansas City. I like Kansas City taking the points and I might even take the money line. What is it, plus 105? It's not much of a money line, but, you know. Anyway, this week in 83, Africa bumped land down under from number one to number two. One continent replacing another, the band Asia, just sat and pouted. Dude, that is so... Uh, now, and that's... um, And is that the original album, or is that the Don't Cry album, the second album? Alpha, I think it was called? I want to say, which one was it? Was it the original? Because that that original album of Asia, I have to say, is a masterpiece. With only time will tell, and um, uh, God, uh, something in the moment, whatever. Uh, um, God, that that's that album has so many songs. I'm trying to remember the damn songs now. Uh, Wildest dreams. Um, God, what's the what's my favorite song in that album? The um, let me cheat here. Asia debut. Here we go. 
God, what's uh they they decorated all the generals who fought the wars behind the line. Soul Survivor is uh, a freaking great song. Uh obviously everybody knows heat of the moment and only time will tell. Soul Survivor is terrific. One step closer. Great song. Wildest dreams. Da -da 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 -da. Wildest dreams. That's a great song. Here comes the feeling. This is an excellent freaking album, dude. This is such a great album. What year did it come out? Because I want to say this was earlier. Yeah, 81. So it was the alpha album for Asia is what it was. I was right. It was the alpha album, and it was probably Don't Cry, Don't Cry, Now That I Have Found You, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably what it is. So. Uh, yeah, this one came out, uh, see, March of 82, I'm sorry. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, is it true that Lillard's situation in Portland is not working out? He's becoming a distraction with problems. Have you heard anything? No. Lillard's situation in Portland? He's in Milwaukee. And they're winning, aren't they? Where did you get that stuff? Who told you that, bro? Are you like reading and actually watching? Milwaukee is number two in the conference at 33 and 17. Who told you it's not working out? He's in Milwaukee. Everything's great. I'm not sure what you're talking about, my man. That one's a little confusing. Alexis says next Monday he'll be at Toto and Journey. Nice. Uh, oh, one player I would like our new DC to bring over is safety Gino Stone. Uh, I would like uh, Patrick Queen would be the guy. Uh, what about the food at Poppy Steak? I don't know what that is, Bigo. I mean, uh, Costa Nostra. I don't know what the, the Poppy Steak is. Is that like a restaurant? My mother-in-law has a Toyota Avalon from 2012 and it only has 50,000 miles. Wow, that's awesome. It's the car she traded in had like 6,000 miles on it and she had it for like 14 years. <laughs> the car she traded in, like, like they were looking at it like, holy shit, this car's new. <laughs> it's like, wow it's like there it didn't have anything and, and her corolla it's eight years old it's a sporty little corolla it's really nice actually it's got all the bells and whistles of those corollas in those days it's really nice it's got sporty rims and everything like you would not figure an old lady riding that corolla around to be quite honest but they but you know she got a good deal on it and she has it and dude it is impeccable it's brand freaking new dude brand new those are the best cars to buy used right if you can find an old geezer driving a car that's the car you want to buy that shit never goes over 35 miles an hour they never actually wear it out you know what i'm saying they probably have never even she's never even changed the brakes on the damn car it's awesome yeah no lillard's not a distraction in milwaukee not at all dude they're doing fine. They're doing great. Yeah. 
My 2012 Mustang has 55,000. I put 17 on it the first year. I just jump in the truck most of the time. Well, you, you learned your lesson quickly. You're like, no, no, I can't do this to this car. <laughs> Good for you, dude. Good for you, my brother. You figured it out. You can't do that. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, the passing. Some of you out there, you really overreacted on to a, on the uh, passing uh, thing that uh, he did. Was it Friday or something? And it didn't go well or whatever. Apparently, by the way, Baker Mayfield said he distracted him. What a goofball too is. He didn't even know the format. Did you notice that? Like the left one that moves and there's a right one. Like he wasn't even ready to throw to the one on the left. And it was like too late by the time he noticed. And then the one on the right, which is the harder throw for the lefty, right? He hits that one easily. Like all he needed was to hit the one on the on the left his left side, which would have been the easiest one, he would have added those six points to his whatever it was, 17, right? It would have been 23 right there, you know? But it was apparently Baker called him or tried to distract him. And he apparently Baker, I saw the interview, which is kind of funny because Baker goes, I, I figured Tua was the only one that was going to beat me, so I had to try to distract him, which was funny, actually. The best part is you idiots that take anything in the Pro Bowl serious. Come on, man. Let's go. We're going to take the Pro Bowl serious. Wow. It's we're 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 really reaching in this world to be quite honest. Peter Holland says Bucks haven't been great recently. Bad defense and they got Doc Rivers. Well, but that's Doc Rivers. That's not That's not his fault, you know. I'm talking about Lillard. Yes, sir, Sean. So um, Dan Orlovsky did the competition in his suit. He won. He won. He beat everybody, yeah. Because <laughs> he made the 10-pointer. Yeah, the, the last one. That's the only reason, yeah. They all, they all missed the 10-pointer because I, I, you guys made me. That's the only thing I watched in the Pro Bowl. And then, you know, on YouTube, uh, uh, uh a little cut will come in and I'll, I'll just, okay, it's a two minute cut. I'll watch or whatever, like the Baker Mayfield one, you know? And so it was a Tua thing. So I said, all right, let me, what the hell does he have to say about Tua? And then he was trying to distract Tua in the competition, but that's funny. And, and the only thing that I can think of with the Lillard thing is they brought in doc rivers to play more defense. They want everybody to be more defensive minded. Maybe okay. that's the story that they're trying to link to Lillard being, I don't know. I'm just that's the only thing I can think of. There's nothing there, bro. There's nothing there. They're they're keeping Damian Lillard. You know what I mean? So that's you know. I just uh I sorry guys, I just have no interest in Pro Bowl stuff. And uh or or hockey too, by the way. Don't don't know what happened in the NHL All Star game. Have no idea. Uh, the rolling punching bag requested a trade after Tua's debacle. Who's the rolling punching bag? I don't know what that means. Bucks haven't been great recently. Okay. Jackie Robinson's statue got stolen. That's effed up. Really? Somebody stole Jackie Robinson's statue? No. Is that true? Yeah, they stole it from a park and burned it. 
What a bunch of losers, bro. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, he, uh, Big O, what's the story on Mark Jackson never getting it? I don't know, bro. But there's something behind the scenes with Mark Jackson. He does say and do some, you know, stuff that might be a little bit of a stretch. But I don't know. Nils Lofgren's solo album, Wonderland, dedicated to James Honeyman Scott. Really? Jackson Brown's song for a rocker dedicated to JHS, one of the most respected guitarists of all time. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, Todd says, I'm late, but facts are facts. Chapman had a few other hits besides Fast Car. Give me one reason. Talking about a revolution, she is a quality artist. Give me one reason in talking about a revolution. Okay. Let's test it out. You might be a Tracy Chapman fan. Let's see. Tracy Chapman. Uh, best new artist, uh, fast car, best uh, contemporary, yada, yada, yada. Her fourth album, the beginning was released in 95, became another worldwide success. It had five times platinum, yielded hit single, Give Me One Reason, which earned her a Grammy Award for Best Rock Song. Five years would pass before the release of her fifth album, Telling Stories, Let It Rain, and Where You Live, followed 2002-2005. Her most recent studio album, One Bright Future, was released in 2008. The remastered compilation album, Greatest Hits. Okay. Let me see here. Grammy Awards. Oh, let's see. Best uh, R&B, best international album, best singer-songwriter, Fast Car, best uh, female artist. Okay, best female vocal. Give me one reason. Nominated. I don't even know that song. Give me one reason in 96. I've never heard it. So it says, give me one reason was the other big song of hers here. That's it. You put something else. Um, oh, give me one reason is better than fast car. Okay. I got to listen to it. I don't, maybe I know it and I didn't realize it was her. I don't know. So give me one reason. Where did it chart? they gave her an award for it obviously where did that chart give me one reason let me see where it's at here it is uh, oh okay but it doesn't have a highlight to it so i got nothing on it unfortunately i would have to look it up on my own okay New Beginnings. There we go. Uh, it Actually, this was her biggest selling recording since 91 with 3.8 million copies. 
The album sounds consisting of Chapman's trademark acoustic folk rock sound and is mainly made up of slow key tunes and a very uh, and and a few upbeat tracks. The hit Give Me One Reason, which is a blues piece. Cha- that's why I don't know, because it's a blues piece. Chapman earned Grammy Award for Best Rock Song and Track. It was also nominated for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Female Rock Performance of the Year for the Grammy Awards in 97. Um, aside from the single Give Me One Reason, all of the songs are at least four minutes and 56 seconds long. Okay, yada, 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 yada. Okay. All right, so that's why I don't know it, because it was a blues hit. I don't follow the blues charts, so I wouldn't know. But it wasn't a hit in the jet, like Fast Car was, in other words. It wasn't a pop hit for her. It was a blues hit for her. That's why you kind of got me on that one. So she really didn't have another mainstream hit ever again after Fast Car. Let's be honest now, right? It's not a mainstream hit. Right, a blues hit is not mainstream. Bluegrass, not mainstream. Classical, not mainstream. You know what I'm saying? So you can have a hit in those genres, but you know, just because you have a jazz hit doesn't mean that most of the world's not going to know about it. You know what I'm saying? So I got it. She got her hit in that genre. Never had another major hit again. And by the way. Fast Car is a mediocre major hit. Very mediocre. In fact, I think people that think Fast Car is a great song, I think there's something wrong with you. Okay? You can go have Fast Car if you want. I'll uh, I'll go listen to... Uh, a pumped up kicks instead. You can go with your fast car. I'll go with my pumped up kicks. Okay. You can go with your fast car and I'll take eight or 10 hits from Imagine Dragons. I'm not even going to bring in legends. All right. I'm not even going to talk about ACDC. I'm not going to mention Led Zeppelin or anything like that or The Who or Queen or something. I'm not even going to do that to you. I'm not going to mention the Smiths or the Cure. Or not, not, I'm not even going to go that far, okay? Uh, give me anything Bruno Mars over fast crap. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't understand for the life of me to this day the craziness about Tracy Chapman. Sorry. Her folk music will put my ass to sleep. So, I'm just saying. Uh, once you've listened to it, Big O, you'll know you've heard it before. Okay. If it, if it, it better be way better than Fast Car. Okay? Because I'm going to be pissed if you made me to listen to some shit that sounds like Fast Car. And again, Luke Combs improved Fast Car drastically. Just got to say that, too. Way to go, Luke. Way to bring some real, like, you know, something to a a, a deadbeat song. Fast Car. 
Fast car peaked at number three in the U.S. We got some terrible, terrible, terrible uh, taste. Big O, do you see the Miami Heat do another trade before the trading deadline? What? I don't know what they're going to do. The, the question I have is, what are you really doing? Like this Kelly Olynyk thing? Why would you want to give? What are you giving up to get Kelly Olynyk? Because I wouldn't give up anything. Kelly Olynyk's not going to mean one more victory or you advancing anywhere in the playoffs. So I'm not sure what you would do. You know what I'm saying? You probably know, uh, give me one reason when it came out and radio MTV played it constantly. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. I don't remember. It's mainstream. Oh, it is. Are you sure? I got to listen to it. Big O, the mighty Chom FM doesn't play any Chapman. That says exactly. I mean, seriously, who wants to listen to Tracy Chapman? Like somebody walks up to me and says, hey, come on, man. We're going to be jamming some Tracy Chapman. I'm going to look at him like, what the hell is wrong with you? I get in a car and somebody puts on Tracy Chapman. I'm jumping out of the car no matter how fast it's driving. No matter how fast the car is driving, I'm jumping out. Okay? I can't run in a different direction faster than any car in the world for Tracy Chapman's music. You couldn't pay me to go to a Tracy Chapman concert. Okay? I wouldn't be caught dead in a Tracy Chapman concert. That's kind of the way it goes. Uh, give me John Lee Hooker, Pin, uh, Pine Top Perkins, Muddy Waters, and Robert Johnson. Uh, any of them blue over the Blues. Yeah, the Blues today is there's it's very weak, very weak. There aren't there aren't a ton of great blues artists and uh and great art oh my god you could actually i shouldn't say that you could find some pretty good blues artists r&b is the one that really has disappeared most r&b's garbage okay you can still find good blues r&b oh my god it is one of the worst genres in music nowadays what used to be you know teddy pendergrass stuff now you can forget about it dude you know done history in the archives they all sound the same like i can listen to john legend there's a couple but there are very few oh, rmb has taken a monster hit Whew. that is one of the worst genres of music that's out there there is so little special in rmb it's ridiculous Uh, let's see. I'd rather listen to Steve Chapman. I agree. Definitely. Steve Chapman jams over Tracy Chapman every day of the week and twice on Sundays. R. Kelly was good. Yeah, but R. Kelly's more 90s. And he's a, you know, a disgusting human being, too, on top of, oh, uh, not, not, disgusting. Human being's not really a word you want to use with, with, uh, with that dude. But he's good. He's really good. May, sometimes a little too over the top, but good.
no doubt. He did. He he would go a little over it, but he's good. Way better than any of the crap that's going on nowadays. Uh, I'd rather have crabs than listen to Tracy Chapman. That's about that's about accurate. That song by Tracy Chapman was on FM constantly in the nineties and early two thousands. I got sick of it. Wow. So then, then I had to have heard it. I had to have heard that one. Can't play it here because I'm going to get tagged by YouTube. So I can't do it here. I got to listen to it on my own time. I'll do it. I'll, I'll go listen to it. Uh, I'll go put the video on uh, when, I, when I'm done with the show. And I'll check it out. Did you see the from the department of I'm a dumbass and I can't get the message, but I'm also broke and desperate, so I have to try anything? department have you seen that Le'Veon bell Le'Veon bell has not played football since 2021 very questionable what he did in 20 and 2021 if you actually even call that football okay so technically we can say he hasn't really played football since like 19 but anyway he now wants to make a return to the nfl he says, I won't start training until like March, but I'm going to be honest with myself. I got to go out there and be like, I'm going to put my foot in the ground and do I feel it? Am I hurting? Can I go out there and really play again? And bro, I'm telling you all right now, when I go out there and train in March and if I hit April and I make the decision to come back to the NFL again, mark my words, write it down. I will be better than I ever was. And I will only come back for that one team. You know who it is. I don't have to say no team. You know who it is. Najee Harris, they're coming for your job in Pittsburgh. Le'Veon Bell. You, you know, this is the man that picked up two holes off the street, okay, which there's still a skill set. At least you picked up two hoes. You went to your home. You had some fun with the hoes. But then you were bright enough to tell the ladies, and I use that term loosely, in the morning, ladies, I'm going to go work out. You guys hang out here. I'll be back in a little bit. You don't know them, and you expect them to just hang out in your house and not do anything. And then when you got back, they robbed you blind. This is who we're talking about. This is the Le'Veon Bell we're talking about. And I don't think the Steelers want, I don't think anybody in the NFL wants any part of him, but specifically the Steelers. Okay. He didn't leave on good terms there. That's all I can tell you. I can't say what he did because I've been sworn to it, unfortunately. But he did something there that was unforgiven. Okay? Permanently. Most, I don't think anybody in the league pretty much knows about this. Nobody has ever talked about it. But um, 
his actions cost him right away. They wanted no part of him anymore in that franchise, and he was gone. So, anyway. So, we got the World Cup set, 2026. Locations are set. Gillette Stadium, Foxborough, NRG Stadium, Lincoln Field, Arrowhead, Levi Stadium, and Hard Rock Stadium. The finals will be at MetLife in Jersey. Uh, Hard Rock Stadium will host seven World Cup games and a quarterfinal in July 11th and a third-place game on July 18th. Semifinal games, by the way, will be at AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys are at and Mercedes-Benz with Atlanta. So that's going to be cool. 48 countries up from 32 are now in the World Cup. 104 matches up from 64. Anything and everything we can do to produce more money is what FIFA said. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're going to produce a hell of a lot of money. I'd rather listen to Dog Chapman sing than Tracy Chapman. I didn't know Dog was a performer. I'm in. I like it. Must admit, did like Fast Car for like a week on MTV, then got sick of it. It's a lame-ass song. I almost feel like we were forcing this upon people or something. You know what I mean? But whatever. You know? Not impressed with Fast Car. Never was. I'll listen to that other one that you guys mentioned and see if uh, maybe I know that song. I'm wondering, the way you guys make it sound, it's like I'm really overlooking that song. That's the way you guys are making it sound. Like, I really have, I really, like, I haven't put one and one together. Like, maybe I know the song and didn't realize it was Tracy, Tracy Boren-ass Chapman. That's some lame music she makes, dude. Lame. Tomlin is good at detecting scumbags. Unforgiven. Now there's a great song by Metallica. Yep. And Tracy Chapman did not do that one. Oh, take a break and listen to the song right now. All right. Go ahead, Sean. Give me a two-minute break. And let me listen to this Tracy Chapman song. Okay? Go ahead. Go for it. Two minutes. Back in two minutes, I'll listen to... Welcome, Welcome to Canesware. New store, new items, same great experience. Family owned and operated since 2010, Canesware has the latest merchandise from the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins, Florida Panthers, Inner Miami CF, and more. Come visit us at our store in Davie on University Drive, just south of 595, or online at canesware.com. Canesware, the spot Miami fan shop. When presenting an award to an employee, athlete, executive, or fantasy GM, make sure you call Orvieto's Awards and more. For 35 years, these custom award specialists have been providing plaques, trophies, custom framing, while providing state-of-the-art laser and computerized engraving, UV printing, and glass crystal etching. They do all their engraving and printing in-house for quality control. Call Charles at 305-949-8098 or visit them at orvietosawards.com. Vieto's Awards and more, where recognition is rewarding. Oh, I think I know what this is. Houston, we have a package. 
Hello? No matter where you are, the Sloman Shield Home Security System guards your home. With next-gen perimeter protection, 24-7 monitoring, and interior motion sensing. And right now, get a free Sloman Shield Security System and doorbell camera, all professionally installed, for free. Shield your world, the Sloman Shield. Welton Rayom has more than 62 years of litigation experience handling insurance disputes. They're committed to resolving even the toughest insurance claims quickly. Call them for a free consultation. 954-966-4646. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. Property damage claims to your home, business, or condo as a result of a hurricane. Welton Rayom can help. Water, mold, fire, smoke damage, Welton Rayom can help. Call or callers are not necessarily the opinions of FantasyXS.com, Media Group, Inc., Ownership, Management, Sponsors, or Website. When it comes to South Florida sports teams, very few in the media have witnessed, lived, and covered it like the Big O. Let's start the program dedicated to your favorite South Florida teams with a passion that's unmatched. The Big O Radio Show is on. Here's the Big O. All right. Uh, not a bad song, actually. It's actually better than Fast Car. Never heard it. Don't know it. Don't know it. But I will say it's better than than Fast Car. I'll give her that. Um, all right. But it, it, I'm not sitting there going, wow, this is just a great song. It's all right. A little better than Fast Car. Uh, Fast Car, I thought, was a little bit more annoying. Um, this one sounds more bluesy. So uh, I like that. Um, but again, all right. But I don't know the song. I do not know the song. I've never heard that song in my life. So you guys are way ahead of me on that one because I have no experience with that song whatsoever. So there you go. Uh, no, I did not go, oh, yeah, never heard it. If you didn't like Fast Car, you won't care for the other one. No, the other one's actually a little better, you know. Nothing great, but it's a little better. Again, I'm just not impressed with her. I don't see anything. The music doesn't really stand out to me. The words don't really stand out to me. Her voice is all right. It's a nice voice, but I don't know. It just doesn't really doesn't really do much for me. So uh, I own the fast car. Does that count? Well, way better than actually the song does. I like the parody of fast car. They did it on living color better than the original. Oh, I got to see that. I don't remember that. So maybe I watched it, but I don't remember it anymore. Uh, bassist Pete Farndum fired on June 14, 1982. Two days later, James Honeycomb 
Scott dies. Fandom dies on April 14, 1983. Pretenders were never as good after that. Yeah. Yeah. But, man, they were so good. So much great music. Although I, I do like it came after that, Don't Get Me Wrong. That's a terrific song that she came up with. So. Uh, what else do we have going on in the world of sports? You guys got any other questions uh, for me? Because I think we are close to wrapping it up here on the show. I'm shocked you haven't heard that, being so knowledgeable in music. I, you know, I'm not perfect. I am far from perfect, ladies and gentlemen. I, I don't know everything about music. I'm a big music guy, and I love the hell out of music. But, you know, I can't say I've heard everything, you know, and that was one that you guys got me on and you were already making me feel like, like, wow, you got to know this song. You know what I mean? And I was like, wow, it's, it's kind of like, but it didn't happen. I, I thought for, I thought uh, you guys had me going for a little bit. Like, have I heard this song and I don't realize it, but no, I had never heard the song, which is crazy. If you guys say it was being played you know, a lot of places. So I don't know. Uh, Big O, I just realized that the NHL champs play for the Stanley Cup named after Sean. Yes, Sean Stanley, the Stanley Cup. Yes, it was all inspired by. See, it was inspired by Sean because he would drink a lot. So they had to create a cup that was big enough. And then when they said, well, wait a minute, this cup is legendary. Why don't we make it a championship cup and we'll call it the Stanley Cup? And then that's kind of where it came from. Those are the original origins of the Stanley Cup. It came from Sean Stanley's incredible drinking habit that he needed a big ass glass to walk around. You and I can walk around with a glass that we can hold in our hands. Not Sean Stanley. No, 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 no. Two hands. Two hands. You've heard of two cans, Sam? Two hands, Sean. And that's exactly what's going on there. So that's how the Stanley Cup was born. Sean Stanley's drinking habits were big. Really big. Yes, Sean? No, I was looking up that song. You know, she duetted that song with Eric Clapton. There's a duet of the, her and Eric Clapton to give me one reason. Oh, I got to hear that. And and is Clapton like, are you watching the video? Is he playing guitar? He's playing guitar. Ooh. Slow from, hands. Okay. It was from TNT, so I, I don't know if what's special or what it was, but. Oh, uh, hey, uh, yeah, your mic just went to shit. Um, hey, if Luke Combs can improve fast car. Then, you know, I, I get what Tracy's doing. I get what they're all doing. Okay. Hey, we all know Tracy Chapman's music's kind of lame. You know, let's bring Luke Combs on and he'll improve it. Did you see that thing that they did years ago with Eric Clapton? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what we got to do with Chapman. We got, we got to bring on somebody better. And that's it. Cats out of the bag. That's what they saw at the uh, Grammys yesterday. They were prepared for, oh, yeah, we'll bring on Tracy Chapman now. But you see, you, you know, you you guys, I see you all, right? Yeah, Tracy Chapman's music is lame as shit, right? Yeah, no, I got you. But did you guys ever see that video with Eric Clapton and her? Now, 
See Eric Clapton doing that? That beefed it up. Let's go get Luke Combs. We get Luke Combs, and it becomes a really fast car. And that's what happened. They made it a really fast car with Luke Combs. With Tracy Chapman, it's a broken-down jalopy. But let's talk it up like she's the greatest since sliced bread. Because she's had so many hits, you know? John Coltrane ain't got shit on her. You can forget about that. The Almond Brothers? <laughs> oh. Neville Brothers? <laughs> it's all about Tracy Chapman. Why would you want to listen to the Neville Brothers? Huh? Aaron Neville? Nah, you don't want to. That's not talent. It's Tracy Chapman. Uh, let's see. I thought they called it a cup because hockey players figured out to wear a cup 100 years before they decided maybe a helmet is important. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, Millie Vanilli. There you go. There you go. That's pure talent right there, Millie Vanilli. Those people, they never lip-synced. They really sung it, but then made it look like lip-syncing. That's kind of a real talent. What they were were ventriloquists. They weren't lip-syncing. It's the thing that some of you don't really get about Millie Vanilli, and they get, you know, they get nailed for this. Dude, kryptonite is down to five cents. That is freaking awesome. I think I got to buy a little bit more now. I got some at five and a half last night. Now it's a half a penny less. I think I'm going in. I think I'm going in again. Love it. Anyway. All right. We are out of here. We uh, appreciate all of you out there as always. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for keeping it locked here and supporting our platform every single day. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Well, no, actually, I'm not sure. Tomorrow I have foot surgery. So I don't know how I'm going to feel coming out of foot surgery and all that. Maybe I can, you know, limp over here and, and do a, a little bit. I, I don't know. It depends. It's kind of a slow time if there's nothing really. There's no Panthers on tonight. No, no heat, right? No. So heat and Panthers aren't until tomorrow night. So I don't know. We'll see. If any kind of breaking news, maybe I'll do something in. But, yeah. But outside of that. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get our, uh, our foot cut up tomorrow and, uh, hopefully everything will go well. I'm sure it will. We'll be fine. And we shall see you either tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, or for sure Wednesday, 10 AM. But either way, appreciate all of you out there. Thanks to Sean Stanley. Thanks to everybody, anybody and everybody that sent in a super chat, or of course, whenever you're listening, cash app or Venmo at cash, big O show. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place, same bat channel.